0: High Frequency Radio.
1: Face and without notice of any claim or defense against it, UCC 3 302. And who can enforce an instrument free from all claims and personal defense, UCC 3 305.
2: This is what you do if
1: you living in New York. DBA 130, holder in due course. In the temple make a prayer with my shoes off Rule 17, I'ma in due course. This is what you do if you living in New York. DBA 130, hold in due course. In a temple making prayer with my shoes off Rule 17, I'm the holder in due course Once upon a time, I was issued a fine yeah. Thinking in my mind I wasn't focused on time uh-huh. The cop gave me a ticket and told me to go to court uh-huh. I was in my thoughts and saying it was a fraud right. Authenticated my library certificate and claim that yeah. I'm the only one that can write a check off the name you know. Common law copyrighted my DBA In his back by a bar called the GSA all this property I got, they try to scheme on it But tell the sheriff that I put a lien on it They hating on this land with the trees on it I erected the trucks and I put the deed on it I want to live in peace but I can use force It's cutthroat living when you in New York The agent on the stand when we in the court But he's not really the holder in due course This is what you do if you living in New York DBA 130, holder in due course in the temple, make a prayer with my shoes off Rule 17, I'm on hold holder in due course This is what you do if you living in New York DBA 130, holder in due course In the temple, make a prayer with my shoes off Rule 17, I'm on a holder in due course uh-huh. Got a mortgage loan, I discharge it yeah. Without following the chapter 11 I'm trying to make connections And pass a message to my people Cause uh-huh. the mortgage over 5 years, man, is illegal right. It's a crown in the fee simple estate uh-huh. Rule 17, I'm coming in as the G yeah. Open the books up when they dusty yeah. Got a 3% interest for my trustees uh-huh. Held a meeting with the chancellor right. Got a 9-8 for my son, the grantor yeah. Pushing all this paperwork, my hands sore. I don't make a contract with a landlord. Business on the private side, I'm foreign. I don't go to court and entertain the argument. I'm above the hypocrites and jargon. Now the prosecutor trying to make a bargain. Hoping I don't call upon the cavalry. Cause we can go to the ocean and deal with amnesty. While I'm making prayer with my shoes off Endorsing all these instruments The holder in due course This is what you do if you living in New York DBA 130, holder in due course In the temple making prayer with my shoes off Rule 17, I'm a holder in due course This is what you do if you living in New York DBA 130, holder in due course In the temple making prayer with my shoes off Rule 17, I'm a holder in due course
2: Because God, because God. You are, you are, you are, listening to high frequency radio. high, 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 high frequency radio. Yo, I'm your host. <laughs> you <soon. laughs> well, welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the natural long hour, y'all. Natural Power, y'all. Natural law. Power, y'all. Of the natural long hour, y'all. Natural long hour, y'all. Get
3: into some
2: good, good esoteric discussions.
0: Real people, real radio, high frequency radio
4: Good
3: morning, peace, 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 peace to the gods, peace to the gods. You're listening to high frequency radio. I'm your host, Yusavail. It is Thursday, January 24th, 2019, broadcasted live from Atlanta, Georgia. A real good show lined up for you today. I'm going to uh, be going into a part two. Uh, What is acceptance for value?
0: Because that do, that document is a real good document. It's real good. I think has a lot of good
3: information in it that uh, everybody needs to know. Okay, let me get this straight. Pull up my area code list. Calling numbers four two four two 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 fifty two fifty. All right, let me see if they got it right here. Here, There we go. You want to get into the chat room, you got to know you got to sign in, refresh your, you know, if you're on the internet listening or whatever. So today I'm going to continue with this, uh, what is acceptance for value? Because I know that is a subject that everybody's interested in. And today I'm going to kind of jump around in the book and I'm going to, because I want people to understand where does your credit come from? How is credit coming from the private into the public side? How is credit coming from the private into the public side? You know, this is what we have to address because if you don't got that concept in your mind, then you don't really believe that you're the creditor or You know, what is all this stuff that everybody is talking about? You know, it's like, you know, when you get out there from a naysayer or a judge or something like that, is it that that crazy acceptance for value stuff? But this is where you got to do your studies so you can see that not only does it make sense, it really is the only thing that does make sense. You don't begin to see any other possibilities for how commerce is operating in in the public and they bankrupt and everything is operating through negotiable instruments. So where is the money coming from? Where's the value coming from? And it's coming from the labor of the American people. They put a mortgage on everything in the United States. You can read the congressional records and you can see this. It's in the congressional records. Also, you begin to see that, you know, that when you send something somewhere to set it off, now you can have a firm conviction in your mind that what you're doing is the right thing. You know, I've was doing a lot, I've been doing a lot of research on the IRS and the Treasury Department. And, um, you know, I'm reading some documents and everything. And uh, I might, I think I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start out reading y'all that today. Um, and then I'm going to go into the acceptance for value part. Because it's real short. It's not real long. But this is talking about the creation of the uh, IRS, the Treasury Department. Uh, and it was actually a um, the Bureau of uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Because somebody sent me something that was like, you know, hey, you know, you're misreading uh, uh, 27 CFR 72.1 and trying to construe this as civil. Yeah, everything is civil. It is civil. It's all civil. They bankrupt. You don't have any, you know, y'all don't have any standing really to do anything, you know, like in real law. So, you know, using equity courts, you know, equity is civil. And then they take it over in the criminal when you refuse to pay the debt. They take you into contempt using contempt. And you got to understand all that to really understand when when somebody says, well, what about 27 CFR 72.11? All right. So I'm going to let's go over some history first. When we go back into this, uh, what is acceptance for value? Let's look at the IRS, the IRS real quick. The bureau, which was, as I said, it was the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and it got merged with the IRS and so forth. What jurisdiction they are actually operating under? And it, this is some research that was uh, conducted by William Cooper, who was killed by two police officers. He was kind of like one of some of the pioneers of a lot of the, uh, this information. He was a um, a naval officer in the military and a which a lot of this uh, extraterrestrial stuff and a lot of this stuff is running through the naval branch of our government, believe it or not. And he came out with some a lot of powerful information as it relates to the IRS. And this is why a lot of people are um, constantly referring to Puerto Rico. You're going to be hearing people say, well, you know, we need to send our stuff to Puerto Rico. And then they don't really know why. I'm going to go, why are you sending it to Puerto Rico? Do You know why? Well, you know, the real the real Treasury Department is in Puerto Rico. They'll just kind of say something like that. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you understand why you're you're sending something there. So today I'm going to give you a little history lesson on that. All right. And it starts out by saying the Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts and excises. To pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States, but all duties imposed and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States. The Constitution for the United States of America, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1, that's where that's at. Okay, and then we also have no capitation or other direct tax shall be laid unless in proportion to the census or enumeration herein before directed to be taken. The Constitution for the United States of America, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 4. Now, why are these two... Uh, Clauses in the Constitution are important because you need to understand that they're operating outside of the Constitution. So you got to know what the Constitution says first to see how they are operating outside the Constitution. Now, it's not to say that they're doing something illegal and unlawful. That is not what I'm the point I'm making. Uh, They're operating under Article One, Section Eight, Clause Seventeen, within their scope. What's happening is that they are fooling everyone. Not giving full disclosure and getting you to contract outside of that jurisdiction. As a matter of fact, I would even go as far to say that you were forced to uh, contract outside of that jurisdiction with the removal of gold and silver. But because of the removal of gold and silver and your inability to pay for anything to use money of exchange, it only makes sense they have the gold, they got to pay the bills. They have all the gold. What are you going to keep me in perpetual slavery? Involuntary servitude is not uh is not lawful. Okay, and you took all the gold. I can't even get go into, you know, uh into a uh commerce with my fellow man privately because you took all the gold and silver. So once you understand that, when you write these people, you let them know, hey look man, I'm you you are supposed to be paying for this. Everything is prepaid. You took all the gold. We helped bail y'all out. We did a bailout of the federal government and then you're gonna turn around and punish me and force me into a jurisdiction that I don't want to be like I'm some sort of serv or something like that. That's not, that's not what we sent you on Capitol Hill for. So let's look at this real quick. CAJI investigation investigation of the alleged internal revenue service and the Bureau of alcohol, tobacco, and firearms has disclosed a broad premeditated conspiracy to defraud the citizens of the United States of America. Examination of the United States Code, the Code of Federal Regulations, the statutes at large, the congressional record, the Federal Register, the Internal Revenue Manuals, too numerous to list, reveals a crime of such magnitude that words can inadequately describe the betrayal of the American people. What we uncovered was clearly, uh, has been clearly designed to circumvent the limitations of the Constitution for the United States of America, and to implement the Communist Manifesto within the fifty states, Mark and Engels, and he was some um, socialist and everything, uh, you know. And it's a lot of socialism. I mean, it's so much socialism. When you look at 1984, I was studying that uh, uh, last night. Uh, you know, H.G. Uh, Wells and, all, and 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 a Douglas a, a, a du What was his name? Zola's Uly, wrote 1984. And a lot of those guys, you know, um, had all kind. it's all kind of stuff behind that. You know, it was like 1984, they were related to each other. Duty wrote 1984 and new, and uh, uh and what was the other one? Um, I forgot the name of the other book, but they both bought new world order books and everything. And they, you know, they both got a history with each other. And these guys understood, you know, what was coming. It was more prophetic than anything with these books. Really very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. But let me get back. Let me get back. Let me finish. Let me finish this. Let me roll through this real quick. Because it's real good. It's real good. It's real good. What we uncovered has clearly been designed to circumvent the limitations of the Constitution for the United States. All right. And Mark and Engels claim that in the effort to create a classless society. A graduated income tax could be used as a weapon to destroy the middle class. The Art of Illusion. Magic is the art of illusion. Those who practice magic are called magi. They have created a web of obfuscation and confusion in the law. When the courts have ruled them unconstitutional or unlawful, they merely stepped outside jurisdiction and venue. By fooling the people, they continue the crime. These magicians have convinced Americans that we have a status we do not. We are led to believe we must do things that are not required. Through the clever use of language, the government promotes the fraud, not created by Congress. The Bureau of Internal Revenue and the alleged Internal Revenue Service were not created by Congress. These are not organizations or agencies of the Department of the Treasury or of the federal government. They appear to be operated through pure trust administered by the Secretary of the Treasury, the trustee. The settler of the trust and the beneficiary or beneficiaries are unknown. According to the law governing trust, the information does not have to be revealed. It's not found in Title 31 United States Code. The organization of the Department of the Treasury can be found in Title 31 United States Code Chapter 3, beginning on page 7. You will not find the Bureau of Internal Revenue, the Internal Revenue Service, the Secret Service, or the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms listed. We learned that the Bureau of Internal Revenue, Internal Revenue listed in a different way, Internal Revenue Service, and it's different appellations, uh, as well as the official Internal Revenue Service, the Federal Alcohol Administration, Director of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Division, and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms are all one organization. We found this obfuscated, constructive fraud. The investigation found that Except for the very few who are engaged in specific activities, the citizens of the 50 states of the United States of America have never been required to file or to pay income taxes. The federal government is engaged in constructive fraud on a massive scale. Americans who have been frightened into, fi- uh, to, into filing and paying income taxes have been robbed of their money. Means of lives have been ruined. Hundreds of thousands of innocent people have been imprisoned on the pretense they violated laws that do not exist. Some have been driven to suicide. Marriages have been destroyed. Property has been confiscated to pay taxes that were never owed. So now we're going to talk about Lincoln's war tax. During the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln imposed a war tax upon the citizens. The war tax lawfully applied only to those citizens who resided within the Federal District of Columbia and the federally owned territories, stockyards, naval bases, or forts, and those who were considered to be in rebellion against the Union. Many citizens of the several states volunteered to pay. After the war, the tax was repealed. This left the impression that the president and Congress could levy an unapportioned direct tax upon the citizens of the several states, when, in fact, no such tax had ever been imposed. The tax was not fraud, because nothing was done to deceive the people. Those who were deceived, in fact, deceived themselves. And that's true, you know, because they use this word person like in HR 192, you know, the private people didn't have to turn into the, in their goal. But it's because people are, have been, were dumbed down to a certain point where they didn't understand what the word person was. They didn't understand how their government was set up. They didn't understand the difference between public and private. They understand that statutes, codes, rules, and regulations didn't apply to people in the private, only in the public. That They couldn't have no legislation that
0: could directly affect, you know, people in the private and so forth. People just willingly gave up their goal. So now we're going to talk about the Philippines, the Philippines Trust Number 1.
3: In the last century, the United States acquired by conquest the territory of the Philippine Islands, Guam, and Puerto Rico. The Philippine Customs Administrative Act was passed by the Philippine Commission during the period from September 1st, 1900 to August 31st, 1902 to regulate trade with foreign countries and to create revenue in the form of duties, imposts, and excises. The act created the federal government's first trust fund called trust fund number one, the Philippine, the Philippine, special fund, custom duties, title 31, United States code section 1321. The act was administered under the general supervision and control of the secretary of finance and justice. All right. So now we're going to talk about Philippine trust. Number two, the Bureau of internal revenue, the Philippine commission passed another act known as the internal revenue law of 1904. This act created the Bureau of Internal Revenue and the federal government's second trust fund called trust fund. Number two, the Philippine special fund, internal revenue, title 31 United States code section 1321 in the act, article one section two, we find there shall be established a bureau of internal revenue. The chief officer of which bureau should be known as the collector of internal revenue. He shall be appointed by the civil governor with the advice and consent of the Philippine commission and shall receive a salary at the rate of 8,000 pesos per annum. The Bureau of Internal Revenue shall belong to the Department of Finance and Justice. And in Section 3, we find the collector of internal revenue under the direction of the Secretary of Finance and Justice shall have general superintendence of the assessment and collection of all taxes and excises imposed by this act or by any act amendatory thereof, and shall perform such other duties as may be required by law. OK, so now they're going to uh, talk about how they took customs and merged it first with the Bureau of Internal Revenue. And this is what it was called before. It was called the IRS. It was called the Bureau of Internal Revenue. It is clear that the Customs Administrative Act was to fall within the jurisdiction of the Bureau of Internal Revenue, which Bureau was to be responsible for all taxes and excises imposed by this act, which clearly included import and export excise taxes. This effectively merged customs and internal revenue in the Philippines. So now we're going to talk about prohibition, how prohibition got in it, the demon alcohol. When prohibition was ratified in 1919 with the 18th amendment, the government created federal bureaucracies to enforce the outlaw of alcohol. As protests and resistance to prohibition increased, so did new federal laws and the number of bureaucrats hired to enforce them. After much bloodshed and public anger, Prohibition was repealed with the 21st Amendment, which was ratified in 1933. The Federal Alcohol Act. In 1933, President Roosevelt declared a banking emergency. The Congress gave the president dictatorial powers under the War Powers Act of 1917. Congress used the economic emergency as the excuse to give blanket approval to any and all presidential executive orders. Roosevelt, with little help from his socialist friends, was prolific in his production of new legislation and executive orders. In 1935, the Public Administration Clearinghouse wrote and Roosevelt introduced the Federal Alcohol Act. Congress passed it into law. The act established the Federal Alcohol Administration. That same year, the Supreme Court, in a monumental ruling, struck down the act, among many others, on a long list of draconian and New Deal laws. The Federal Alcohol Administration did not go away, however. It became involved in other affairs placed in a sort of standby status. Internal Revenue, Puerto Rico. Now let's talk about in Puerto Rico. At some point, at some unknown date prior to 1940, another Bureau of Internal Revenue was established in Puerto Rico. The the 62nd Trust Fund was created and named Trust Fund No. 62, Puerto Rico Special Fund Internal Revenue. Note that the Puerto Rico Special Fund has Internal Revenue, capital I and R. The Philippines Special Fund Internal Revenue is in lowercase letters. Between 1904 and 1938, the China Trade Act was passed to deal with opium, cocaine, and citric wine shipped out of China. It appears to have been administered in the Philippines by the Bureau of Internal Revenue. So the China Trade Act, all this is going to come together. You got to see all these acts that we're passing. We studied a copy of the Code of Federal Regulations on the, uh, of the United States of America in force on June 1st, 1938, Title 26, Internal Revenue Chapter 1, Parts 1 through 137. On page 65, it makes reference to the China Trade Act, where we find the first use of such terms as income, credits, withholding, assessment, and collection of deficiencies, extension of time for payment, and failure to file returns. The entire substance of Title 26 deals with foreign individuals, foreign corporations, foreign insurance corporations, foreign ships, income from sources within possessions of the United States, citizens of the United States, and domestic corporations deriving income from sources within a possession of the United States and China Trade Act corporations. And that's uh, important to know because at first, when they first started drafting all this, the only citizens of the United States really was over there in them— Juan, Puerto Rico, and all of that. That's why all this stuff was drafted for. And that's where people get lost because they don't understand the definition of United States, the three different senses that it's used in within the United States and without the United States means. When you look in the Internal Revenue Code, what it's talking about, all right, it's talking about what is in possession of Congress. Congress, they got a, a group of cases called the Insular Cases, all right? Congress has plenary power over their possessions and over the territories. Okay, so under Article One, Section Eight, Clause Seventeen, and Article Four, Section Two, they can make all needful rules to enforce whatever they need to do. That's what that's what gives them their plen uh, plenary uh, uh, powers. It's called the needful. Um, it's an implied power. Yeah, that's another thing people need to understand. All powers are not enumerated. Some powers are implied from the express provisions of the uh, written constitution. It necessarily, uh, you can deduce that, okay, well, Congress has to have this power because in the Constitution it says they have this power, so implicitly they got to have some additional powers in order to execute the powers that they need to have. And this is where delegation of powers and a whole bunch of stuff started coming, all these different principles started coming in. But you got to understand implied powers of Congress
0: as well, not just the express powers. Are we rolling? Okay, so
3: narcotics, alcohol, tobacco, firearms. All of these taxes covered by these laws concern the imposed excise taxes and duties to be collected by the Bureau of Internal Revenue for such items as narcotics, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. The alleged Internal Revenue Service likes to make a big deal, a big do about the fact that Al Capone was jailed uh, for tax evasion. The IRS will not tell you that the tax uh, Capone evaded was not income tax as we know it, but the tax due on the income from the alcohol which he had imported from Canada. If he had paid the tax, he would not have been convicted. The Internal Revenue Act of 1939 was clearly concerned with all taxes, imposts, excises, and duties collected on trade between the possessions and territories of the United States and foreign individuals, foreign corporations, or foreign governments. The income tax laws have always applied only to the Philippines, Puerto Rico, District of Columbia, Virgin Islands, Guam, Northern Mariana Islands, territories, and insular possessions. The FAA, uh, the Federal Alcohol Administration, becomes the Bureau of Internal Revenue. Under the Reorganization Plan Number no. 3 of 1940, which appears at five, uh, Title V United States Code Service, Section 903, the Federal Alcohol Administration and officers of members and administrators thereof were abolished and their functions directed to be administered under direction and supervision of the Secretary of the Treasury to the Bureau of Internal Revenue. And that's how they hide stuff from y'all. Okay, like for instance, y'all go back and study the Commerce Court. Okay, the Commerce Court only lasted about four years. That's what they were using. But then they shut it down and transferred all of the powers and the duties of the commerce court over to the district court. So it didn't, it didn't disappear. They just shut down one name and just transferred all the powers and the duties over to someone else. You got to go back and look and see how they do things. They do the same thing with this. They transfer, they have these different agencies and instead they they don't get rid of the agency. They just put it under a different umbrella and start calling it something else. And you see them doing this a lot. And this is another way that the public has been deceived. We found this history in all of the older editions of 27 United States Code, Services, Section 201. It has been removed from current editions. Only two bureaus of Internal Revenue have ever existed, one in the Philippines and another in Puerto Rico. Events that have transpired tell us that the Federal Alcohol Administration was absorbed by the Puerto Rico Trust Number 62. And now we're going to talk about the Victory Tax Act and World War II. World War II was a golden opportunity. Americans were willing to sacrifice almost anything if they thought that that sacrifice would win the war. In that atmosphere, Congress passed the Victory Tax Act. It mandated an income tax for the years of 1943 and 1944 to be filed and paid in the years 1944 and 1945. The Victory Tax Act automatically expired at the end of 1944. The federal government, with the clever use of language, created the myth that the tax was was applicable to all Americans. Because of their uh, desire to win the war, Americans filed and paid the tax. Because of their ignorance of the law, Americans filed and paid the tax. The government promoted the fraud and threatened those who objected. Americans forgot that the law expired in two years. When the date had come and gone, they continued to keep records, they continued to file, and they continued to pay the tax. The federal government continued to print returns and collect the tax never mind the fact that no citizen with a capital C of any of the several states of the union was ever liable to pay the tax in the first place federal power limited the fiction that because it was an excise tax it was legal is not true the power of the federal government is limited to its own property as stated in article 1 section 8 clause 17 and to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with the Indian tribes, as stated in Article I, Section 8, Clause 3, Title 18, United States Code, Section 921. All right, let me stop right here and say this. This right here is what made me stop following a lot of other gurus. Because when I started reading the Constitution, and, you know, I'm, I'm a voracious reader, and I also understood that I had to understand principles to understand it Um, I, you know, listen to a lot of people say, you know, you need to look at old dictionaries the year around the year the Constitution was written to really understand the verbiage that was in it, just things like that. And the reason I stopped following a lot of the gurus because I saw that, you know, that they weren't they were wanting in their research. Uh, And what I mean by that is, you know, you would never hear a lot of them talk about separation of powers or the principles of the Constitution. They kept just trying to say it's a military um, court and all of this. And I'd be like, man, I was in I was in the feds. I, I was jailhouse lawyer. I'm reading everybody's indictment, and one one thing that everybody's indictment has is you violated interstate commerce. And the people who are in control of interstate commerce is Congress. That's Article One, Section Eight, Clause Three. And then I kept reading. I said, well, they can make their own court system right here in Article One, Section Eight, Clause Nine. Okay, and then they are getting their power under Article One. All they all they property they they possess is under Article One, Section Eight, Clause Seventeen. So if you ain't got that basic premise down. You know, it's just so basic things. You know, everybody say read the Constitution, but no, none of them don't read it. I said, I said, you don't have to wonder if this is all a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy to me. It's the plain as day if you read the Constitution. But the problem is, ninety percent of these people don't read the UCC, and ninety percent of them don't read the Constitution. They don't read it. They like to listen to other people read it,
0: but they don't read it.
3: And I and I when I started reading it, I found out a lot of information on my own just by reading the Constitution myself. Not even just listening to no gurus or nothing like that. Just doing my own research and looking in there, I'm like, you know, and then understanding the principles that, you know, like a lot of people, they'll talk about the Constitution. I say, Well, do you know the seven principles of the Constitution? You do know that there are seven principles that regulate the Constitution, right? Hey, what are you talking about? I say, yeah, there's seven principles that regulate the Constitution and they're popular sovereignty. You know, you got federalism, republicanism, separation of powers, checks and balances, limited government and individual rights. Okay, so you got to understand those seven principles are in there. Republicanism, a form of government in which the people elect representatives to enforce the law. That's why they say we have a republic. Federalism is the division of power between the national and state governments. All right, you got to understand that federalism to me, even narrows down even more to the po- political branches of government, which are Article One and Article Two. Because when they say federal courts, they're not talking about Article Three, per se. You'll see that, you'll use that language a lot. Checks and balances, you got to understand that that separation of powers and checks and balances is very important for you to understand that the go- the, the, our government is set up where each of the individual branches are at odds with each other. That's what you see, like, with Trump doing. If the Congress didn't want to give him some money, he'd put a check on him. he okay, well, I'll shut down all my agencies. won't be enforcing anything for you until you give me what I want. And if I need – and y'all dummies then gave me all this executive power, and if I need to I declare a national emergency, I'll do that and get it done and use the military to do it. Call a check. He's not doing they, – they say, well, we want to impeach Trump. He ain't can't peace Trump. He ain't doing nothing wrong. This is in his power. They're trying to—all they're, to, uh, they're trying to do is stir up discontent in the public and make everybody mad at Trump because the majority overall of the citizens of the United States don't understand the very document that governs their country and so forth. They don't understand. You can get on the Internet and just read under all these videos and everything. Just look at the ignorant comments that are under there. You don't see anything of substance or intelligence. Nobody who with a firm understanding of the Constitution— or history look you can go in the federal register and you can see all of these powers that have been delegated to uh in, through, under the guise of national emergency over to the president he's not doing anything illegal he's doing everything within his power that's been delegated to him it just appears to be that way because the public is so illiterate and dumbed down as it relates
0: to their rights or the governing document of their government and it's sickening It's sickening. It's sickening to me to look at at people, you know, talk about the
3: man, talk about how corrupt he is and everything. And then you sitting here ain't never picked up the Constitution, read it before. Or you don't even understand separation of powers, the checks and balances. Or what powers have been delegated. You ain't never read Article 2 of the Constitution. You don't even know what powers have been delegated to your your president or anything like that. But yet you're coming out and they say, well, we got 800,000 employees out of work. I really don't feel sorry for them. It's like, you know, we don't need big government. Our government got too big. We need to, we need to start reducing the
0: size of government for our safety.
3: My call me and everything. I mean,
0: <laughs> so let's get back. But that's why I did not, I stopped. I stopped.
3: You know, I stopped following other people's research and everything because I was like, you know, these dudes ain't read the Constitution. All right, let me get back. I'm gonna get distracted if people trying to come try off his phones. Yeah, it's, it's not a Dan Meter document. Somebody said, "Am I reading the Dan Meter document?" It's uh, it's a it, uh, Dan Meter didn't write. Oh, well, I think I, Dan Meter didn't write them, but Dan, Dan Meter did some good uh research too on this subject. But the first one to come out with it was uh, Gene Keating. I mean, I'm sorry, not Gene Keating. Uh. uh uh william uh cooper you know wrote behold a pale horse he did a lot of good in you know a lot of people don't give him his props he did a lot of real good uh research into all these subjects as well you know so let's get back to
0: it so we got we got the china trade act let's talk about The Bureau of Internal Revenue becomes the
3: IRS in nineteen fifty three the United States relinquished its control over the Philippines. Why do the Philippine pure trust number one customs duties and number two internal revenue continue to be administered today? We are the settlers of the, who are the settlers of the trust What is done with the funds in the trust? What business, if any, do these trusts operate? Who are the beneficiaries? Coincidentally, on july 9, nineteen fifty three The Secretary of the Treasury, G.K. Humphrey, by virtue of the authority vested in me, changed the name of the Bureau of Internal Revenue, BIR, to Internal Revenue Service when he signed what is now Treasury Order 150-06. This was an obvious attempt to legitimize the Bureau of Internal Revenue. Without the approval of Congress or the President, Humphrey, without any legal authority, tried to turn a pure trust into an agency of the Department of the Treasury. His actions were illegal, but went unchallenged. Did he change the name of the Bureau of Internal Revenue in, um, in Puerto Rico or the BIR in the Philippines? We cannot find the answer. So that's how it became the IRS. Through Treasury Order 150-6, they changed the name from Bureau of Internal Revenue to the Internal Revenue Service. And that's another thing they call these things services or department. You know, I was looking at that and I said, okay, the IRS says so it's the Department of the Treasury. Well, when you have a department, is in something, you know, I'm like, you know, Department of Justice, well, the Department of Justice, you know, I'm like, wait a minute, you know, this is the executive branch of government. Well, the executive branch, you know, we got a Department of Justice in our branch. Well, that's not the damn, that's not, that's not the court system. The justice ain't justice. It's supposed to be administered under Article three. How do we got a Department of Justice under Article two, under the executive agencies, under the president? Department like a department
0: store You know, said a department. I go in the mall and it's a department inside the mall Think about this understand separate look in your mind's eye
3: and visualize all the agencies that are under article two You know, you got separation of powers which means each of the individual branches cannot interfere, become concerned with, or get involved with the business of the other branch. However, now, if they invite one of the other branches over to assist them with something, they can do that. That's called delegation of powers doctrine. Congress has delegated power to the executive, and they have delegated power to the judicial. They have done it. You can go on the internet and Google this and see what I'm talking about. So that is why sometimes you could, like, I go in a district court. I say I need to talk to an Article Three judge, and they said, "Well, Judge so and so is an Article Three judge. He's not lying. She probably is. She probably delegated authority to come over and administer statutes in an Article One court." But it's not the thing. It's not important whether she's an Article Three judge or Article One judge. What's important, am I in an Article One court or
0: Article Three court? Are you acting in the capacity of an administrator or a judge? Because you're wearing two hats. I do these shows because this is so important for everybody to know. I mean, I don't understand how,
3: you know, I just really, I mean, it's so in your face. It's like they got to thank you, stupid. I mean, I, I wouldn't respect a lot of citizens either who would come in my face and be making allegations of racism, corruption, you know, and all these things, you know, that people are saying when, you know, I was learning all this when I was like, you know, seven, eight years. I knew that that gun rights was to protect you
0: from the government. Like when I was eight years old, what happened? Why? Why are they getting y'all to believe that for hunting
3: or things like? They don't want y'all to have automatic weapons because assault rifles. Because they know when they get ready to do whatever they need to do, you don't need to have them type of weapons in your hand. You can clearly see there's some sort of socialist agenda that's coming into play, you can see it clear as day. And all you got to do is study history, because you know why? Because they did the same thing in Russia. They did the same thing in Nazi Germany, Poland, every, everywhere they went, it was the same thing. It was called democratic. It was called democracy. Okay? it It was a socialist. They ain't even hiding the fact that it's a socialist-type regime anymore. Social security is socialism
0: all day long. They're going to destroy privacy.
3: You got to do that. The first step in taking the money, that was a big step, taking the money, because now you can't do business with each other privately. You've been forced into using Federal Reserve notes. Now they want to get rid of private property. I heard Obama, you know, they're doing that in the name of national security. He, he made a speech. I, well, what is it going to be? Y'all want
0: national security. Y'all want privacy. Can't have both. What is he saying? They want the total elimination of privacy, total elimination of sovereignty,
3: total elimination of a middle class, total elimination of religion, total elimination of money, one
0: world currency, total elimination of national borders. Why they want that wall up? Let me get going. The Mutual
3: Security Act. In 1954, the United States and Guam became partners under the Mutual Security Act. The Act and other documents make reference to the definition of Guam and the United States as being mutually interchangeable. In the same year, the Internal Revenue Code of 1954 was passed. The code provides for the United States and Guam to coordinate the individual income tax. Pertinent information on the tax issue may be found in 26 uh, Code of Federal Regulations 301.7654-1. And let me go to now. That's what I want. I want y'all. I want. I want to go into this right here. I want. I want. This might make me do. Uh, Get my mass individual master file. Where is the money? Refinance IRS service agreement agent's form. Yeah, right here. This is a good one too. Citizen versus citizen, capital C versus small c. He said, by by birth, we are each a citizen of the state of whatever, or a citizen of the state of Arizona, California, whatever union state wherein we were born, and at the same time, we are all citizens of the United States of America and are not subject to any acts of Congress other than the 18 powers specifically enumerated in the Constitution for the United States of America. People who are born or who reside within the Federal District of Columbia, Guam, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, the Northern Mariana Islands, any territory on any naval base or dockyard within forts, or within insular possessions, are called U.S. citizens and are subject to acts of Congress. Within the law, words have meanings that are not the same meanings that are accepted in common usage. Our Constitution is the Constitution for the United States of America. The U.S. Constitution is the Constitution of Puerto Rico. And uh, it gets into 1040, but I'm not narcotics dealer. Now, this go back into, somebody was asking me, all this stuff is related, uh, Title 27, CFR uh, 72.11. This is talking about ar- narc- narcotics, alcohol, and all of that. And that's what I'm showing you. Because when you go and let your, um, this is what I think happened. Because the Bible talks a lot about alcohol, don't drink alcohol, and all this kind of stuff. So I think because people are engaging in certain sort of activities, they are labeled as heathen. So right here, what he says, narcotics dealer, when Freedom of Information Act requests have been filed for the individual master file, you got to do a Freedom of Information Act request to get your individual master file. For people who are experiencing tax problems with the IRS, every return is found to contain the above codes. Uh, you got to get a 6201 decoding manual also, which I got. You have to decode because they encode everything. They see the information is all encoded. You don't know what it means. I It's like getting a, it's like getting a file from prison. When you go in prison and everything, they keep a file on you in prison. And you got to, you only get to see it twice a year. You got to go to your council and get it. Well, the same thing is going on on the street. They do the same, they mirror everything on the street. Every, I used to say this. I said, you know what? I said, really how the federal government operates, you know, you got a supermax, a max, a medium, a low, and then you got a camp and then you got, halfway house probation And what it is is as you go down through those levels It's just a chain that they let out a little bit more and more After you get off probation, you're still on a chain. You're just on a very very long chain But you always on a chain You're always on a chain It's just that when you get off probation the chain is so long now you're gonna have sex with women again You know, you can have you some kids go get your job, travel, do some things like that. But they always got some invisible chain on you. It's a real long chain. Okay, and then you can you can get – some of this can be revealed to you when you get your individual master file from the IRS, where it says, when Freedom of Information Act requests have been filed for the individual master file, IMF, for people who are experiencing tax problems with the IRS, every return has been found to contain the above codes except for some – Which are coded as Guam returns. Every return shows that the unsuspecting citizen is being taxed on income derived from importing narcotics, alcohol, tobacco, or firearms into the United States or one of its territories or possessions from a foreign country or from Guam, Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, or into the Virgin Islands from the Cayman Islands. So, what was found was that you have a certain status in your individual master file. You may be considered to be some sort of dealer or trafficker and not even know it. And I am I really haven't understood how that is, but it's like you find that in people's returns. You got a, a website that's devoted to it. I'm gonna put I'll put it in, uh I'll put it in the chat room.
0: Fam Guardian got it. There's some links. i gonna put some links in the chat room. Put a lot of documents in there as it relates
3: to the individual master file and how you obtain it. I mean, FamGuardian had, re- uh, had a real good obtaining and analyzing your master file. Here it is right here. This page right here. I used everything on this and got my individual master file have everything about your age. If you've ever been married, your ex-wife information will be on there, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Social security numbers, all that. It'll give you all that, which was very curious to me. I'm like, man, I ain't been married all this time. They still give me all my ex-wife's information is listed on there. But the thing is, is that that's the, uh, that these steps right here, I might do a a webinar and show y'all how to fill it out because it's real simple, but some people may not understand how to do it but it is a it is a freedom of information act request and i suggest
0: everybody get theirs and learn how to decode it all right
3: and that's what i wanted to get to but now let me go back to what is this acceptance for value where this credit comes from cuz you see where how they hooked all this up together in the public got took away all, all your money I got you on a debt-based system, and now that you have a certain status you're not being told about, okay, they're keeping all this stuff from you. So now, you know, this is why it's important for you to like, well, we don't need to argue about none of that. At the end of the day, you know, you ain't got no money. It's very simple, all right? There's no money. You're using my credit, so I'm going to accept it, and I'm going to discharge it. It's that simple because you're broke. All your credit is coming from me. This is something that you may be trying to hide. You may not like it. You may be hollering about, you know, so I came on my uh, webpage the other day and said, the United States is not broke. We got the CAFR accounts. I'm like, that's all debt, man. What are you talking about? It's like, yeah, I mean, I, there is a form of money in there, yes, but it's not money of exchange. It's not money that, you know, it's it's an accounting form of money, all right? that that doesn't a lot that brings you in a certain jurisdiction not to say that it doesn't have any uh, value associated with it in terms that it can be used as a medium of exchange uh and for goods and services and commerce what i'm talking about is that it eliminated your right to privacy it made you beholding to someone it cut down on your freedom i hope people can understand that you know What I'm talking about it's a public and private issue. It's an attack on privacy is what it was to me. Take it away. The goal was attack uh, was an attack on privacy.
0: (coughs) And then when you look in history and say, well, who wants to get rid of privacy? I don't need to say it.
3: But there's some communist manifestos out there that. You know that you can read and lay it out all perfect for you, and then once you read that, all you gotta do is look at what's going on today with Trump and all of that, and be able easy to identify who these people are. It's easy for me, but anyway, let me come. I'm gonna come out of acceptance for value right now, and then I'm gonna go to the phones after
0: that. What time is it? Okay, I got some time.
3: On page, on, on this acceptance for value document, I'm going to put it in the chat room in case y'all want to follow along with me.
0: Tell you what page I'm on. Somebody say the links aren't working. I mean, why I always say the links don't work? I just clicked on every one of them links and they
3: all working. I just clicked on every one of the links aren't working, bro nugman to hootie l i just clicked on i just clicked on every one of them and they all working every one of them so you must be on your phone or something i just clicked on all of them i'm on a computer but i just clicked on all of them they all work all right so right here what i want what the important part of this is what is acceptance for value is when he starts explaining to you money, where value is coming from, starting like on page seven, this is what you have to understand. What it's talking about, like here, public to public, a person, this is what you got to understand these charts right here. A person, a borrower gives value, right to foreclose, asset on the bank's books. Okay, a right to foreclose is an asset on the bank's books. That's their asset. Uh, you're giving them that right. For rights, for a creditor to use public credit now what is happening is they're giving you something in the public and you're giving them something in the private they're giving you a right to use public credit and you're giving them a right to use private credit if he the borrower gets those rights use the public credit and return for his borrower's commitment to extend credit a promissory note all right so you're extending credit from the private into the public and then are through your straw man and they're allowing you to use public credit. You got to understand public and private and you got to understand how credit extends from the private into the public, what the exchange that is happening, the contractual relationship that is going on. Also in this book, they talk about the uh, uh, the criminal investor, uh, uh, the CID of the IRS, where you see people uh, discharging debt in Utah, uh, California, and all those places. Anybody, any of you been doing this a long time? That, he talked about that a long time ago and why, and why they do it there. He said a person lender equal creditor gives value use of public credit to debtor for rights or debtor to foreclose. Now, putting this in a video has been one of the most challenging things for me to do in this document. I have attempted to do a video on This and put it on YouTube to explain it to you because in my opinion understanding public to public how credit is going from public pu- uh, public to public from private to public and all that is the most important part of this book and is one of the reasons why so many people don't understand acceptance for value because they're not really understanding how the credit is coming, the contractual relationships that you're being involved in, in the extension of that credit and why you have a right to set off that amount. We're doing a set off. You're not paying anything. It's commercial set off. But these charts is what's going to instill in your mind an understanding of what is actually taking place when you are obtaining credit. Like this private to public person, a borrower, Gives value, which is your signature, for rights, use of currency in the public, in return for extensions of private credit. And what is the lender getting? He's a person gives value, liability on its books, for what? For what are the rights? For use of private credit in return for extension of public credit. So once you say there are two different actions happening in these scenarios, one in the public to public, and the other is private to public. Nothing can happen on the public side until someone on the private side signs something. The signature can be advantageous to the man or not. It is up to him. The man is an accommodating party who receives nothing from lending his name or credit to the public event unless he negotiates terms that are in his favor. That's where the qualifying signature comes from, how you sign your name without liability and all of that. If you just do a blank signature and everything on that document, you're not negotiating any terms that are beneficial to you. Everything is like a... uh, um, what is the word I'm trying to think of? I'll think of it in a minute, man. My mind be going blank sometimes, be rolling so fast. But all of the contracts are in their favor, and you got to understand contract law when you sign these documents. How to sign them? If the United States presents the terms and they are accepted without renegotiation, the man is just an accommodating party and can expect to receive no rights in return for the value he gives by lending his name and credit to the United States. A bank cannot lend its own credit. When a bank extends credit, it has to use someone else's credit and extend it to a third party. It is not a loan, b to C. It is a lengthening of the process, A to B to C. The credit comes from A, a man who's the real lender in the private, through the C, which is the U.S. citizen agent for for A, to B, the bank lender in the public, to C, U.S. citizen borrower in the public. The borrower is both a debtor and a creditor on the same transaction. The man cannot go into the public, so the U.S. citizen has to represent the man in the public. The U.S. citizen needs hands to sign instruments. So the man has to represent the U.S. citizen and supply the energy. And this is something else I find very interesting. You see a lot of uh, videos on YouTube making fun of so-called sovereign citizens, it's talking about invisible people. Hell, what is a corporation? Is an invisible person. You know, that's what we're saying. You know, you say, well, who bringing charges against us? Well, the state of Georgia bringing charges against you. Well, I call the state of Georgia to the witness stand. Don't I have a right under the Sixth Amendment? To face my accuser. So if you saying my, that's no different than the traffic citation. That's how everybody get rid of those camera traffic citations. Because you drive through an intersection and the camera take a picture of you. The people who win are
0: the ones who challenge it and say, hey, look, I got a right to meet my accuser. Who's the person who wrote the ticket? Well, you can't bring the damn camera in the court. This is the game they play.
3: The U.S. citizen needs hands to sign instruments, so the man has to represent the U.S. citizen and supply the energy. The man will be presumed to be an accommodating party unless he negotiates a contract that has terms more favorable to him. If the man permits his signature to be used with no terms for payment to him, he just waives his rights. The U.S. citizen is both the transferer and transferee on instruments in the public. Instruments that are issued and transferred for value are requests for a man's private credit. They are credit applications. He can endorse them properly and be a creditor or stand silent and be a debtor. It's up to him. Knows right here is that he can endorse them properly. All right, I'm running low on time, so I'm going to, go to the phones now. But I wanted to touch on that a little bit and, and highlight some important parts of this particular document that I can get to on the first show. And that is those that section in there that is showing you the chart of how credit is being, you need to sit back and meditate on it. It's, it's not these, uh, uh, ex, what is acceptance? What does acceptance for value mean is not an easy read. It's not an easy read, but it's not a difficult read. It's not something that's like high algebra or something like that, but it takes a little, a little looking up of words, reading it over and over Looking at it till things start to pop on you. It's not that hard, but you have to read it over and over and over again. There's certain words you got to really look up and in research, like the word value, acceptance. Um, you know, those are words you need to be looking up and really get a firm understanding of. Okay. Also, this public and private. You got to have that chart down in your mind. Well, what is public? What constitutes public and what constitutes private? You got to understand the demarcation line that separates those two. I right, to understand a lot of the information that is being discussed. Okay, tax law is public law. Private stuff is not tax. But what what creates privacy? This is what we were discussing yesterday in our trust class. You know, I did a trust class last night. The recording is available in your back office. But in these trust classes, we did, you know, a discussion last night what constitutes an association and a partnership as it relates to a business trust that is doing business within the public. And how they modified all the tax laws and everything, uh, because uh, after 1911, okay, they had an investigation into some of these private trusts, and the verbiage in each of the IRS tax laws didn't accommodate everything that these private trusts were doing. these private trusts were doing business in the public, but they didn't have to pay taxes because the uh, IRS tax code didn't specify. It had to be in the code. So they kept modifying and modifying the code, making amendments. They made probably about 7 made amendments to the IRS code just based on the fact of dealing with private trust. It is a very interesting subject, a subject that will basically, to me, open the door and make you understand where your rights and powers are as citizens of this country. And, you know, to me, it's very sad that, like, People like me, we don't get the millions of views and things like that that everybody else get. I mean, it's like, I'm like, man, you know, I just look at videos and people, the comments they be making, you know, like you're brainwashed, you know, you with the white power. You know, they they just got our mind into this, um, you know, into this, uh, this victim mentality. You know, that's another thing that the socialist agenda is having. You're a victim. You need help. You need assistance. You need social, you need help. You need protection. You know, you need welfare. You need, we need you need the government to come over and help you, you sorry piece of shit, cuz you know you can't do anything for yourself. Yeah, y'all have been oppressed. You're oppressed. The white man has oppressed you. We need some legislation to help you. A person has a right if they want to be homosexual and everything. You know, that's the destruction of the family. I have a problem with People they can choose to do whatever they want to do, but you know they're they're promoting lifestyles that are going to limit family. You know, you know, two men ain't getting together. I mean, a man and woman ain't getting together, having a child and so forth. I mean, you know, what is that telling? You know, women going with women, women men going with men. You know, all these different things, abortion. You know, you look at you know Planned Parenthood, who was behind that. Look at the nationality of these people, and you'll get your answer over there with vaccinations. I go over there and look at who's in charge of that. You know, when you start, I hate to say it, and all of them is like Jewish people and everything. Everywhere I look, you know, it's like, like, oh no, you know, because the other people, they don't take the extra step to investigate the nationality of the person. I go and investigate their nationality. You know, I'm like, okay, what's this guy's nationality? I started doing that, and I start, and it started, and I start seeing that. Man, the government has been taken over by 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 Jews. They didn't take over the government. They took over the courts. They took over ninety percent of the people y'all see on Hollywood are Jewish. I mean, you know, it's like just everybody is Jewish, but they but they pretended to be white. They change their names and do things like that to to blend in and call themselves white. But they're not really white. They don't consider themselves to be white. So that's where the confusion comes in in the public and everything when you start speaking out against these issues and everybody, everything, you man, you would, you know, you've been programmed by them white people. It's like, nah, I, you know, I see what some of these white people see it and everything. You know, I see, uh, you know, I guess, you know, you might be saying that it's like, uh, it's like you teaming up with white people against someone. I don't really consider it like that um, because really I, I don't really have a dog in the fight. Tell you the truth. Tell you the truth. We really, that black people really don't have a dog in this fight. It's really between white people and Jews, as it was between. It's been been between them for a very long time. But what I don't like is being considered to be just a pawn on the chessboard. That's what I don't like, and I don't like also, you know, the fact that my people won't come together and unify, use these other uh, uh, people as examples and everything, so we can empower ourselves and you know start creating something for ourselves and everything, and stop getting left behind and so many areas start complaining and going to other people looking for assistance. When all the power we need is within our own hands. You know, I'm a, uh, you know, I, I'm for power. I'm not for weakness. And, you know, in victim mentality, you constantly saying, uh, you know, we we live under white supremacy. I can I cannot stand that word. To me, an individual, you know, I heard, um, uh, my man from the set community, he said it, he wrote, uh, Y'all probably know who the said community is, but he's a very intelligent guy. He made a statement that I agree with. He said, you can't be a leader if you don't know natural law. And I'm 100 percent. These people, it don't matter how firm their conviction, how eloquent they are in their speech. But they have to be, when I look at these people, I'm like, OK, you ain't intelligent. You Because you don't know the laws of nature. You don't know that you keep saying this. You're bringing on the very thing that you fear. Like Job said in chapter 2 of Job, the thing that I feared has come upon me is the law of attraction. You keep bringing it to yourself. You know, you eliminate something not by giving life to it, by putting the energy into it. You eliminate something by replacing it with something else, by focusing on something else, by focusing on its polar
0: opposite. Because the thing can only be replaced by its polar opposite. That's alchemy. You can't replace it with just anything. You're going to replace something with its polar opposite.
3: You can't be a leader if you don't know natural law. I'm sorry. I don't care. I look at these people on the internet. They speak very well. You know, like I was, what what, what was I watching? I was watching this chick. um, You know, she put some women's thing. They trying to get other than Dallas Farrakhan and, uh, I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I couldn't roll with her because even though, you know, I understand where she's coming from, she's intelligent and all that, but it's like, you know, you keep on using this thing, white power, white supremacy, this victim mentality. I can't roll with you, you know what I'm saying? Because you haven't brought your your knowledge up to a certain level. You are intelligent, but you cannot ever be really intelligent unless you know the laws of nature. You cannot be a leader unless you know the laws of nature. You can't go against natural law. You'll be shooting yourself in the foot and doing everything. They speak very well and everything, but they're going against the laws of nature. It's with everything, even with relationships. Everybody tries to get relationship advice. But the only people who've been successful are the
0: ones that understand natural law. You can be, a, you ain't no damn expert in relationships if you don't know natural law. You ain't an expert in nothing if you don't know what regulates everything. Trying to give it that's why nothing's working. People putting out books and all this bullshit.
3: I'm just looking at like, man, these people are, you know, these people are have been dumbed down. It is just like it says in solid weapons for choir wars. He said, he said the level of knowledge that's gonna be given to you is gonna be so anemic that the mode of ignorance that separates those who know from those who don't know is so wide. You don't know how wide the the, the the chasm is between the chasm is between you and the people who know. You know, you don't know how much you don't know and everything. But you can close that gap simply by getting back to nature because everything they are doing is against nature. Everything, everything artificial. Just just get rid of everything artificial and go back to nature. Because that, that's the only world they can create. They can create an artificial world of corporations, artificial food, artificial stuff to put on your body, artificial medicine. Everything is artificial. It's manufactured. They got away from nature. And the more you get away from nature... It should be self-evident. It should be self-evident. Yeah, Tamika Mallory. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at Tamika Mallory. Yes, huh? Exactly. I'm sitting there looking. I'm sitting there listening to the sister, and she intelligent. A lot of people out there are intelligent. The sisters and everything they out there talking, but what they're saying, I'm like, since then they say white, we under white supremacy and all that. I'm like, I say I got to relegate you back to the, you know, back to the, back back to the sheeple. Because now that nana, nana, nana also makes me question why they putting you out on front street. How high is it that you didn't it to yourself? Now you're on television, on talk shows, doing all this kind of stuff right here. And you don't know natural law. That, that is what is meant
0: in the Bible when it's talking about the blind leading the blind. Yeah. She didn't denounce
3: Farrakhan. She was right on that. She's right on that point. But. She's still, you know, she's like, that ain't no leader, though. You know, it's like you're trying to make people into leaders who are not leaders. You know, you got everything has to have a foundation, and foundation is natural laws. That's what all the high civilizations had. All the high civilizations understood this. For some reason in our civilization, we think we don't have to recognize that. And I blame the Christian church for that, because the Christian church put in everybody's mind, we don't have to follow no laws. We live under grace there is the biggest culprit that religious that right there and that religion right there got that infected in everybody's mind and we're not under no kind of law we're under the grace of jesus christ and all that and i can do anything i want too long as i ask jesus for forgiveness it is that right
0: there that is the culprit
3: that right there uh, everything i have studied through the years and everything it is that right there that and that's why you see me attacking it all the time that's why you see when we talk about the Bible, people say, Why are you using the Bible? Because I got I to crush this thought that's been put in everybody's mind that they ain't got to follow no law. Who was the Apostle Paul?
0: You need why you ain't read the Gospels? Because Jesus didn't say that. In Matthew 5 17, he said, You know, not one
3: die not, not tittle and no wise shall pass from the law. And anybody who teaches anybody this, should be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. He even goes as far as to say that. But somehow, they don't ever read that to them. But so we ain't never got, it, it's, this, it's this subconscious thing in our mind that we fall in a satanic agenda. They talk about the Satanists, but they fall in a satanic agenda, which is
0: do what thy will and ask for forgiveness. That's what's going on. That's what I see. Phone lines open. Four two four two
3: two two fifty two fifty.
0: You want to call in? Cuss my Lines open. <laughs> what are they talking about?
3: <laughs> the religious people, they be get mad at me and everything. But I don't be caring. Cause y'all know I be telling the truth. I be reading this stuff right out the out the scriptures with you. You'll be reading right there. They don't want. They, want, they don't want to see
0: it though. Three two zero Minnesota. You on the line? Hey, how's it going,
3: user? Hey, what's happening, man? What's going on?
5: Not too much. Not too much. Hey, man, I just had uh, one question for you. I know you was talking about, you know, us all coming together and uh, and uh, you know helping build each other up. Um, I know you had mentioned when you you was uh, thinking about starting that trust. You know, if all of us put in, you know, a thousand dollars and and uh, you know, building something off of that, um, I was just wondering when you thinking about starting that
3: up. When I get through training people on trustee, while well, I'm doing the trust classes again, listen, I, I just told this to the class last night. You know, I was like, m p c that why don't you put together a trust or so you be a trustee over trust or something like that? I say Ain't no trustees. I said the thing about it is, is that um, the Rockefellers, they got a private school for their trustees. They train, train generations of trustees. You got to get people educated in what they're being involved in. That's a principle that I operate off. That's why I stopped doing paperwork for people for Secure Report. I can make a lot more money than what I'm making by doing paperwork for people. But I don't do paperwork for people because I just thought it a waste of time because they get paperwork and only know what the paperwork's talking about. you know. And if you have any type of... Um, you know, if you have any type of, uh, you know, some type of morals or principles about yourself, it's going to start to affect your conscience, you know, you know, like, you know, like foreclosure and everything. start, you know, foreclosure was a big example for me because at first when I was helping people with foreclosures, we were very effective and keeping people in their homes. But then as they start adjusting to what we were doing and everything, it got harder and harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. And, um, You know, to a point where, you know, what we were doing wasn't that effective and I couldn't keep couldn't couldn't in good conscience be taking, uh, you know, people money or helping them in some kind of way with foreclosures and so forth. And, you know, it's like I don't think I'm not believing in what I'm doing. So the only thing I believe in right now is educating the public because, you know, I've been doing this a long time. And I've done a lot of different things and I've met a lot of different people all over the country. I've traveled all over the country, met some very, very intelligent people in this movement um, in all phases, trust, secure party. I've had all kind of people come on my show. And at the end of the day, you know, what I decided me, I said, man, the only thing, you know, people need, I need to try to come up with some step by step process to educate people on all of this stuff. And that is a big, that's a big undertaking too. And then to try to get people to assist you with it something else, because everybody have their own agendas on stuff and things like that. But to really educate people about this is my number one goal. Because if you've got a lot of people educated with it, what I want to see, I don't necessarily have to be the one to put together trust. I'd like to see a whole bunch of them popping up all over the place. That's what they do. You know, everywhere I travel, I was in Waikiki in Hawaii. I'm walking downtown Waikiki. Wau-Kee-Kee. Waikiki's been taken over by the Japanese. All right, they just like you look like you are in Japan when you you there. All right, so uh. they got wealth. Like yeah, man, I'm tell, I ain't lying. Anybody been going to this car been over there? know I'm telling the truth. go to Waikiki and everything. Go downtown Waikiki. Right there on the boardwalk is where all the wealth is, the wealthy district. I went into a mall. And it had like about seven floors. And I went on all seven floors. I, and I, and that whole mall, I was the only person in there that wasn't like uh, uh, Asian. I didn't see nobody of another nationality in that mall. And I went on all seven floors. And they got construction projects going on out there. And I'm looking at the construction project and I'm seeing the trustees and the trust that they didn't put together. They're doing it all through trust. I'm going to tell you somebody else who's real big out there uh, in Waikiki, uh, Waikiki, and that is the uh, uh, the, uh, who is that in Utah, uh, that religious group in Utah? The uh, Mormons. The Mormons. Let me tell you something, man. The Mormons, man, let me tell you, Mormons are almost involved in a form of slavery. The Mormons, what they have done is they got a university out there, uh, Brigham Young University out there, too. You probably even know. I didn't even know they had a Brigham Young out there. All right. And they wouldn't call it slavery, but they do like little tours and everything. All the people they got working there are from all the other islands around. All right. And they work there, you know, to pay for their tuition or whatever. I mean, it's a good business model. I'm not lying. How they got it set up. But yeah. they not real. But what I noticed also, that they, they racist. You know, they racism ain't showing in America like that, but you see it a lot more when you go over to some place like Hawaii or something where we not going over there that much. You know, you don't see a lot of black people taking trips to Hawaii. Just not. It's just not a lot of black people right. taking trips to Hawaii. So you go right. over there, they got kind of looking at you, and they got these opinions from you coming off the media and things like that. And you just looking around, you seeing what's going on, but um. And I made sure I played some chess with some out there too and beat their ass. So I left. I let them know. And I'm on the beach playing chess <laughs> with some Japanese up. guys. Yeah, you think about am ignorant black, huh? Checkmate, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, but uh, it it was um, I had fun and it was an experience definitely. But you know, you for a person who's very you know um, you know, kind of aware of his surroundings and looking and everything, you know, you can see the underlying racism. It's not real, real pronounced, but you see it in people's attitudes. You see it, you know, I'm going on a damn trip, you know, and we, you know, uh, we, what'd you do? We we did luau or whatever. And you You got the, uh, you got the Melanesians and the Polynesians. Okay. Now listen to the word Melanesian, melanin.
0: Melanin. So we already
3: know they what?
0: They're black. Black
3: (laughs) Black people. All right. So, the Melanesian Islands are black, and the Polynesian Islands are those Hawaiians that y'all like to see. They're always showing you on TV and everything, all right? So I'm going to the damn Luau uh, or whatever, and they're doing a presentation, and there's a story. And, you know, the Melanesians, they looked at as cannibals, uh, invaders. war, and they repressed them and all.
2: You know, I'm, not, I'm looking at all this, you know, I'm like, you know,
3: these people just really just look- put this in my face. You know, they're letting us know, you know, our people. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's like that. You know, And this is all a, yeah. a production put on by the Mormons. Okay? It's wow. put on by the Mormons. So I'm looking at all this stuff, and if you don't know what you're looking at, you know, you go over there, like, and then they come out, you know, they say, well, we need you to go out and, and say this and everything, because I, I, they brought me on stage for something, and they took me backstage first. And they said, we need you go out and stage and on stage say, who care it is and all this. I'm like, what? I'm not going to be all entertainment. Yeah. You know, just stage, you know, you yeah. just see a little racist type things that they do you know and that's not pronounced it's kind of like i guess how things operate in new york people say in new york you know racism is undercover like down south they put it in your face but that's how why is it's right. like you know it ain't it ain't just pronounced like that they racist but it's under it's undercover and everything but you'll see it everywhere if you know what you're looking at you'll be kind of that's, shocked and i it is.
5: Yeah, that's how it is, kind of here in Minnesota. Like, I, you know, what I'm saying I live here in Minnesota, but I, you know, I'm from Texas. I I'm, I moved up here from San Antonio. So, uh, but yeah, up here, you know, they just it ain't it ain't and it ain't it ain't uh it ain't everybody, you know. So you can't just say it's everybody. But
0: yeah, it's not you, everybody. I can notice them. Not one. everybody
3: or why either. It's not everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed them once though. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know because. It's like now the best time I had is on the Big Island. The Big Island is nice. And I didn't run into no racism or nothing on the Big Island. Everybody was very friendly. Um, you know, it was like a paradise actually to me. You know, the Big Island right. if you go to Hawaii, go to the Big Island. If you just want to really see real Hawaii. Cuz Waikiki okay. looks like over here is like it's all modernized, built up, highways everywhere and all that. But the thing is, is that you will see it if you know what you're looking at. But a lot of people got good business models. You know, like when you go in TJ Maxx and um, uh, uh, Marshalls and you see how when you go to the register, they got you going through a line. They got all that stuff you could buy on the side and everything. Now, well, the Mormons right. was doing that first, so they picked that up. Now they had some good. You know, you start picking. Up. I understand what Walmart was talking about, Sam Walton. This is a I read his autobiography. Everything Sam Walton got, he got from somebody else. Even from the greeter that you see in Walmart. He got that from some little small store down in uh, Brazil or somewhere in South America that he was at. But everything uh, in that store, he got from some, the efficiency of the operation he borrowed from somewhere else through traveling. And I, I could see that because I saw that first in Hawaii, and then all of a sudden they brought it here in America. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's like somebody must've been traveling and saw that idea just like I saw it, and implemented it right. at their store. You know what I'm saying? I see, right. I see how the management be moving around and seeing stuff. And you start seeing the same thing they see. Next thing you know, is going on in their store. It's like, wow, you know, he, he picked up on that idea just like I did. And um, yeah. that's what it is, you know, be good in business, you know, to be good in business. But you know, the first thing as far as trust and everything, you know, you got to know how to administer one you know you got to know the laws you yeah. know not read case law um understand um how the the courts construe trust and everything what are your duties to the beneficiaries you know what are the beneficiaries um uh duties if they have any you know how you right. have to administer a trust you know you know cuz there's a lot of private I, I read a case like a guy he sold like 2.5 million dollars worth of trust they brought him into the court put him injunction on him and wanted to put criminal charges on him and and he argued all. Of, I think he argued all the way up to the Supreme Court, and he lost on all levels. And and I'm reading the case, and I said, "You should've lost. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm gonna have to pay taxes yeah. and all. This, cause he's selling these trusts, telling people they ain't got to pay taxes. That's something else, <laughs> oh, wow. you know. That another thing I got away from. Um, a lot of gurus and stuff like that because I'm like, Man, you don't understand how you know. Because that's why I took my people yesterday reading Express Trust under the Common Law that was in 1911 and then showed them the result of that how the tax law started changing, how the cases they kept bringing into court, uh, 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 Hick versus Malley, uh, all these different cases. You'll see the cases and you'll see how they kept coming into court, testing things, getting ruled against, and then adjusting the tax code to accommodate the ruling and you need to know this history and all of this kind of stuff. And once you start, you know, building up on that, now you got a good firm under the foundation and understanding of what you're doing. But teaching people how to study also is important. How to study this subject, you know, is also very important. You know what I'm saying? But it is a very interesting subject and it is a very powerful subject. And that's why I do want to share it with everyone because I think it will even the playing field. I, it's just in my opinion that I think business trust is what's going to even the playing field. Once everybody gets a firm yeah, understanding I of it. Because people are yeah. – like I put in currency circulator. My reason for doing currency circulator was to – and I, I've also added it to SBC University. I'm going to let people's membership be payment for entry into currency circulator and oh, and their monthly payments and everything. I I figured out how I'm going to implement currency circulator. I put it on, kind of put it in a whole status. So I really figured out how I was going to implement it. I got it figured out. I'm going to connect that because my point in doing that was to accumulate enough currency so people could start buying entry into trust documents and then educating them along the way about the process. So, you know, you you don't want to get people involved in something because that's when you have beneficiaries take you into court. you didn't do what you were supposed to do as a trustee and then I'm showing people with cases like that you know like there's one case where you know the the trustees made money in one section and then they failed in another now I do think the trustees in that Redding versus Deering case did something kind of slick I kind of think they did but um, they did everything they did everything right though if they did do something deceptive it was in the bounds of their delegated authority and so they couldn't be charged, yeah. no criminal charge or nothing like that. And uh, that was that was it was really interesting. But if you if the beneficiaries were educated, I, they would put oversight on the trustees and not let that happen because the trustees came to them for permission to do other other things, and they gave it to them. And that's the thing that you know that I see. You know you you know it's your responsibility to educate yourself about these subjects, and they're not that hard. That's
0: why I read right. this
3: stuff to the people. Once you read it, you read it with your with your class and everything, and like i know I know in their mind they say, "You know what? this ain't that hard. What use of his reading as, as as he explains it to us i can and then you kind of it's like almost like teaching your 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 child how to ride a bike when you first ride a bike, I mean when I first started riding a bike, you know keeping my balance was a good thing, so somebody might, might had to hold me, but everybody remembers that day when you riding a bike when somebody was holding you and then they let you go and you kept going. Yeah. That was that exhilarating feeling. That's what it is in this in this class. It's like, I just try to hold the bike and get you rolling on it and then let you go. And then you be rolling on your own and everything and everything. I just try to get you to hold your balance. See that you know what a trustee is. Okay, there's a trust corpus. There's a citizen. There's a settler, trustor, grantor, creator. All those words mean Okay, this is your trust certificate holders, units of beneficial interest. All right, then, okay, now you understand public and private. Okay, you know, once you just start getting that, kind of give them a foundation now, let them go. And read it over to right. them and see how the judge makes his decision and what type of principles were being used. You get to a point eventually where you can go on your own. That's right. You're like, man, I got it from here, man. I don't need no help no more. I see what's going on. That's what I'd be trying to do. Because it's not that hard. Yeah. It's not. It's not
5: hard. It's not hard. Not, it's Not that hard. Yep. Yeah. I mean, even as I've been, yeah, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I got your SPC University, and I've been looking at the trust uh, webinars, and then I've been, I've been on the live ones with you too at at night when you do them. So yeah, I mean, as you read more, you kind of start to get it a little bit more, and it just gets easier and easier. And yeah, I mean, so I'm definitely interested, you know, in in being part of and being part of that, so the more me I learn, the better it got, is for me. So. I
3: got something I want to do here in Georgia. You know, um, there's a space I want to put a strip mall. I want to put up a gas station. I mean, you know, it's like I already know these areas is going to make big, big money. But, hell, you know, you need about $5 million to kick it off because the purchase of the land is going to be about $3 million. Over here, I got some property right. that public – and let me tell you, this, you know, the po- politics and all of this, like – you know, we got over in my area. There's a public, and there's all this land that ain't been developed. So I, I called and, and uh, investigated, talked to the real real estate agent, and they said, "Well, public owns this land, and they won't allow you to build. They ain't gonna let you put nothing on it that's gonna be competition to public." And then it got, and then I started running all stuff and like public won't let you build this. They won't let you build. They don't want you put no natural food stores over here. All this kind of shit. And now you see why ain't nobody built nothing. You know, yeah. I'm like, okay, now I see. So you got to contend with this kind of stuff. But, you know, I you can get around it. It ain't, it ain't, uh, it ain't, uh you know, you got to deal with the city, you know, all this kind of stuff. You know, but, hey, that all comes with, you know, I'm sure we got guys out there know real estate a lot better than me, developers and stuff like that. A lot more experience, a lot more knowledge than me and know how to get things done. And that's what you want to be able to do. You want to be able to attract that kind of trustee. You want to be able to attract professional trustees
6: who understand
3: right. what to do, how, understand what to do and how to do it. That's what you want, man. That's what it's all about. Because you like, for instance, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Let's say you get 500 acres of land and you want to build a neighborhood on it. Okay. We should able to get then the, the residents who live on the land Shouldn't be having to do nothing. Everybody, everything be building is trustees doing it. That's these wealthy communities. That's what they got. They got their own police force in. They put. They've got their own infrastructure set up, and it's all financed through trust. Yep. <laughs> but you coming together and doing it. You know what I'm saying? You can build your own community, and then the number one thing it eliminates is the distrust. Because one thing that black people got. That's right. They don't. They don't trust each other.
7: So that's why exactly. you got to educate them and
3: see. You know, you got to educate them and see. Well, that's why you use this,
0: because white people don't right. trust each other either. But they know how to do business.
5: Right, right. Yeah, man, this is this is this is the stuff that I'm interested in right here. <laughs> and man, just just uh, just <laughs> over the over the years, like I've just been studying this stuff, and then you know, coming across you with all this information is just crazy. So. So yeah, I'm, I mean,
3: I'm learning more about this trust stuff,
5: and and uh, and I'm I'm just ready to move forward with it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I know it is exciting. Hopefully, we'll get. You know, we are we gonna do it when I, when I get through with this class. I might go ahead and just and and just and just pull the trigger on it. Let's do it. and Let's see what happens. You know what I'm saying? That's how right. I came to that conclusion. I said, look, I'm just gonna start pulling the trigger on stuff and just see what happens. Because sometimes you just got to do it and just see. You know, we probably do a lot of right. face-to-faces. You know, I probably do a, I'll probably do a uh, like a face-to-face meeting with some people and stuff like that. But you know, it can be right. done. It can be, it definitely can be done. You know, it's, you know, you're reading in these cases, you see people doing it. You know, I'm reading cases, dudes don't have no money, no nothing. You know, I, you know, they got millions of dollars because they know how to do a project. Those the knowledge. You know, if you got one right. thing you learn in real estate, you know, it's not the money that's important. It's the investment. If you got a good investment, people will give you money. Right. If you got a good invest, it's the investment that's important, not you having money. If you can find a good investment and make sense to an investor, they'll give you the money because everybody it's more money than investments. It ain't that it's a lack of money out there. It's more than enough money out there. More than enough. They are constantly looking for something to put money into to invest in constantly all type of investment you know people out there investors and so and so forth they need they need investment so you know you just need to put together the investment and bring the idea and see it and demonstrate that you have a competent staff that can uh that can execute it
5: right that's right yeah so well, whenever you get ready to go, I'm yeah, I'm interested in that. I mean, sitting down and um, you know, and um, and and um, you know, just going forward. But yeah, that's all I really had. I just wanted to you know ask you about that because um, I know you had talked about that one time before, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna see where see where he's at on that. So, but uh, I appreciate the use of uh, peace, God.
3: All right, peace, peace, peace. All right, let me go back to the phone lines. What is this right here? Um, Erico. It's like Pennsylvania, PA. You're on Pennsylvania.
8: How's it going?
3: All right. What's going on?
8: I tagged you on Facebook. I found something yesterday. Somebody shared it. You were talking earlier about taxes. You familiar right. with Larry B. Craft, right?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Larry B. Craft, the attorney. Yeah. Who's not? Yep. If you've been doing this. If you've been doing this for as long as I have, you definitely know Larry B. Craft.
8: Oh, yeah. Well, there was a case in 1985, and trust me, finding this case is absolutely difficult, where he got the evidence and proved that the 16th Amendment was not properly ratified, and the IRS put out a memo on it. I shared this picture of the memo. I went to Westlaw, confirmed the memo, and they do not name the case, but they tell you the result of the case.
3: Okay, well. And you, can, say,
8: you can read it. I actually shared it on your uh, secure party creditor page, the, the, right. the picture of the document.
3: Now, here's where I'm at odds maybe with B-Craft and a lot of individuals who uh, talk about um, – you know, the ratification uh, of that amendment. And that is this, okay. is that there's a book out there by George Mercier called Invisible Contracts. I did a video on it. Yeah. You got to understand that the IRS is operating in the private. You know, why do yep. you think, first of all, stop and think, how is it we are using Federal Reserve notes? How is oh, it I- we have a Federal Reserve? How?
8: Yeah, I get it. I know that everything you sign for the IRS is a contract.
3: It's a contract. That- a contract is on the private side. It don't you. You yes. can, uh, and that's what the maxim law says. If he who agrees, you kill all defense. When you read those maxims of law, it tells you very consent. You eliminate everything because you consent it. To, it don't matter if it wasn't ratified. It does not matter if it's not positive law. It don't matter if you got an asterisk by it in the United States Code. None of that matters because you sign a contract.
0: That's
3: what it is. I mean, I I know all of that. I've read all that you're talking about. But in me studying the law, I was talking about. Yeah, Yeah, it's like it's a contract. And you know, like they came out with Aaron Russo Came out with freedom to fascism. Remember that video hit big around like 2006, uh, yep. 2005. You know, he ended up getting killed. You know, he came out real good video. You know, Sherry, uh, Sherry Peel Jackson was on it. Some other uh, IRS agents and things like that. They showed me the law. Can't find the law. But, you know, I talked to her and she she told me she was well, she read invisible contracts, too. That what made her kind of see things in a different light. And I was like, yeah. I said, man. I said, you know, I was thinking that the same way too. But then when I kind of understood how everything was set up, it's these contracts. It's these contracts and everything. Is these contracts and everything. everything's guys locked in?
8: Now my dad figured that out a long time ago because he's been studying this longer than I have. I mean, he's he um, he's got to the point where IRS they can't mess with him. They try. He knows it's a contract. And they don't go to contract with
3: them. That's the key. That's the key. Now, the the fraud in it is that they are not giving you full disclosure. You know, I understand why people say I'm not giving – even in invisible contracts, George Mercer said that. He was talking about that thing he's ambivalent about because it's supposed to be in criminal law it's your intent. It's mens rea, yeah. criminal intent. If you really believe something – how are you going to say I intended to do something? All right? Because I believe this is true right here. But you said I intended to defraud somebody or something like that. It don't seem like they operate off of that principle of intent. They well, operate and that's, off that, huh?
8: and that's what that document stated, that little document. It's just a one, two-paragraph document, right? And the second paragraph is the most powerful. It tells you in the document that they can't change it. Because it would basically destroy the whole system if they did But what they said is If people figure it out Let them go
3: Exactly because
8: Those those that don't figure it out Hey, consent What
3: do you think all what, do you, at Allah, what do you think All the redemption movement and everything was about right, That's what it was all about Figuring it out it's all mm-hmm. figured. All this stuff, all this stuff is connected to the Treasury Department, the IRS, and the Federal Reserve. And when you figure it. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, somebody else who said that, uh, uh, Mandelhouse, Colonel Mandelhouse, he said, yeah. "Those who understood the system are gonna love it, and those who didn't gonna hate it."
8: What's what's his name? Robert Kiyosaki. He said, "I love the IRS. Why? <laughs> he knows how to fill out paperwork and get and get a bunch of money."
3: Exactly. It's like you got it. You got those who figure it out are going to love it. And those who don't are going to hate it. You know, so that's the game. You got to understand how the game. Robert Kiyosaki do got some kind of knowledge. Ain't? You know, Robert Kiyosaki was rubbing shoulders with Trump. He was doing all those, uh, yeah. uh, you know, all those uh, uh, seminars with Trump, those real estate seminars, him and Trump. So, you know, he's right there rubbing shoulders with Trump. You know, they still talk. Robert Kiyosaki got yeah, some information. He- I love Robert Kiyosaki. All
8: oh, I've, I've
0: had
8: I had some of his audio books, and I listened to his actual biography of his story about his dad was a just a school teacher, you know, rich right, dad. Roughly, poor think,
3: dad. yeah, rich dad. And he said his
8: best friend was a rich dad, and his rich his best friend's dad taught him everything.
3: Yeah, I, I've read all of his books, all of them. And um, the first one was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I think the second was Cash Flow Quadrant. And in there, yet, what it was about, it was teaching you, you need a financial education. He was teaching the poorness of a financial education versus wealthy people get a financial education and poor people get degrees and everything. They learn to get an education to go work for someone. So he was explaining the Cash Flow
8: yeah, it, They get what's uh, to just to be smart enough to build the widgets. They never get smart enough to question nothing and do it on their own.
3: Exactly. And that's what um, that what changed my mind. I mean, he was a very, very big influence on me as far as having my own business and everything. Robert Kiyosaki played a very, very, very important role in that. Those books were some of the best books I'd ever read. You know, on him, you know, it was just common sense approach to the subject. And uh, he's a good teacher, too. He's a very good teacher. And, um, you know, the story, his poor dad was his real dad. His rich dad was his friend's father. And his friend's father, I don't think he he didn't graduate high school, but he was the richest person in Hawaii. He's the richest person in Hawaii. And um, the difference between the two, he would go and his father had like three degrees, all this kind of stuff constantly complaining about money and over here yeah this and I got friends like that. I got I got a a friend, he's he's a real estate developer. Country boy. He's a white guy. He's a friend of mine. And um he ain't he didn't finish high school. He lived in a five million dollar house, got eighty acres. Hey Joe, what you know talk you know, he still got his country accent, love to go out hunt, you know <laughs> growing Corn in his backyard, all kinda of, you know, go I love going on and talking to him we're real cool and everything. But um he's a developer. And uh he 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 showed me how they build houses, you know, he puts in the infrastructure and everything. And um I just look at him and I you know, even though he didn't finish high school, his intelligence when it comes to real estate, when he started talking about real estate and everything that it seemed like that country accent leaves and almost a university professor steps in. Yeah. I'm saying my friend, (laughs) you know, (laughs)
8: my my friend out in California, he started out like all of us. I mean, you get tired of the system. You start studying law and he got to where he knew it pretty well. So he said, you know, what the hell he decided to go get his juris doctor. And he finished his, his pre-law. And he starts the JD uh, either this week or next week, right? And, and a freaking big business just fell in his lap, debt relief. He's got people paying him 300 his price $333, not counting any documents that get mailed out to go through the administrative process to find the person with the first-hand knowledge to the debt. He's already got one guy's car paid off, credit cards paid off. He's working on a mortgage right now. He said they paid him. They're just throwing money at him.
3: I started off, when I started off, I was charging more than that, a lot more. And uh, what happened was I was making a lot of money. I mean, you can see on my Facebook page, I had Mercedes Benz, 550, all kind of stuff. But what happened was you start getting inundated, you know? And then you start, like, a lot of people, I don't know if you know somebody like Polite. His name is Brother Polite. And a lot of people um, say he's crooked. He took their money. And, you know, I was watching that. But I I kind of understood Polite's situation. He blew up. He got so big. And one thing that, a lot of us don't have is we don't have good organizational skills okay yeah. and that's why it's so, it's so important that um you get a good staff all uh, right you got to get a good staff you got to you got to bring in people who can organize your business for you because as the top man you know it's like you're not you can't be expected to do everything you got to have a good staff oh. you know everybody who's successful has like you know like um Napoleon Hill said in thinking Grow Rich, you have to have a mastermind group, and that group is going to be about four or five people um uh, you know Sam Walton he had that he had a, a, about six people established Walmart, two of them were computer yep. guys, and what what blew Walmart up is when they got their own distribution system, and those two computer guys are the one that convinced Walmart to do to, to spend two million dollars on it he didn 't want to do it. Walmart was cheap as hell yeah. he not he hey, like yeah. spending money he was cheap. But he was smart. He was good business, man. When he did that, that's what blew Walmart up. They got, that's why I, all you yeah. put to see, they put the records and all that in Walmart. They got their own distribution network. So that was, and that's what the Jews did. The Jews, they concentrated on distribution. They got a distribution network set up. So, you know, so you can, you can see when I study people and things like that, what I see, everybody have a good core group. Of guys who know what they're doing, you got to know how to organize. Because if you don't organize yourself well, that's when all those allegations of um, fraud you getting over on the people, um, and that's not really not the intent of the person to do that. He's just not organized. He's not yeah. organized
8: now. Yeah, I'm developing my core group now, and it doesn't have now. I, I mean, all the people listening. What you said earlier about trust and people don't trust each other. Absolutely 100% right. You've changed my way of thinking about things completely over the years listening to you. And you know I listen to everything. Um, I was telling my dad about the trust. Now he knew about trust. He had a family trust all my life. Mm-hmm. But now he's moved his business to a private business trust. I said, Dad, now you just need to get you another business trust. That is a temp service. Run all your employees for the business trust through the temp service. Plus, you will get other people wanting to apply, and you will grow. I said, and every time you have an idea for something the business needs, start another trust. And that's how you got to do it.
3: You got to organize and set up everything the correct way, and then you got to put people in place who can do it. And that's what it's about. It's organization is key to everything. And that's what I, I lacked. Um, you know, but, you know, those are some of the things you do see where going to college uh, would kind of help you. But you don't need necessarily need to go to college. You need to hire somebody who got a business degree and all of that kind of stuff. And that's what they do. It's like they don't have the knowledge yeah. of it, but they go hire somebody who does. Okay? Well, I'm going to put some management in place. And you do that with a trust. Trusts have managers. The managers are the one to go to the bank and say they say, Well, you know, I don't have uh uh I don't want to use the social security number. Well you ain't supposed to. Those that's for the managers to do. The managers now, handle all I, of that. They they oh, they go open up the bank accounts and go do all of that kind of stuff. Oh, the trustees has account-
8: moved everything over to the business trust. He's loving life now. He's no longer running the office, doing payroll working long hours he said i go to he's he's 65 he could retire but he's worked all his life been self-employed he ain't retire no time soon and he's out there doing installs on the job he said i'm loving it he said i don't have near the stress and i appointed jess as the manager she run, she's the trust one of the trustees and she's running it all and i said dad i told you she'd be good at it
3: that's what you gotta he's find, life. and that's what my friend, my friend who's a real estate developer, I was just talking to. Him. He has he have his core group. He got he got this uh, one lady. I, I know her very well. She she manages everything in the office. She organized everything. Yep. She keeps she keep them on point. He got he got all his documents organized. Every real estate deal he's ever done, he can pull out the promissory note because you get the promissory note back on construction deals and things like that. That's what I learned. He showed them to me. He yeah, said they give us all our promissory notes back. You know, after all of that. So he got he got all his documents. He showed me everything, you know. And it's like it was re- I learned a lot being around him and but also in watching him, you know, his organization. You know, I go out on his uh his uh his sites where they building, I don't see nothing but Mexicans out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see nothing but Mexicans. He got, oh, he got like four or five construction things going at the same time. I go and see all of them. We go in the truck. You know, he got a big truck. You know, y'all white boys like them trucks and everything. Got, you know, he got a oh, big yeah. truck you know, and uh, he, uh, real nice. You know, he, uh, what he got? He got a, um, you know, y'all look at trucks like Mercedes Benz's and everything. Y'all got me a new uh, Dually. Uh,
4: <laughs> and they nice trucks. The trucks. Them
3: trucks are nice as hell now. They' nice. I want yeah. one, and uh, they' nice as hell. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't had no truck, you know I go to Dodge right now. I'm looking at me. I'd be over looking at the trucks now because the trucks are tight. And um, oh, I want a he, Hellcat. Uh, he, yeah, you know, you know, I, I drive I drive a, a a a Challenger right now, but you yeah. know, I'm looking at now. You know, for business, I want me a truck i'm like let me give you a truck and everything you know what i'm saying because you know the business that because he see i see why it's necessary because he develops land we be driving all into you know undeveloped land and, you know all this kind of stuff yep. he, uh, understand, he showed me how to do soil tests how you can't just build on anything um you know if there's water i mean he showed me a lot of stuff it's a lot of stuff but he knows all of it and it's something that can very easily be learned how to do that's what made me get the idea and start expanding my nine and say, you know what? I want to do a a development project because me putting together a trust, I'm telling you right now, that's the only thing on my mind. I want to develop real estate. I want to develop community.
8: I I got an off topic question. It might be off topic. I am, you know, being by trade right now, I'm a commercial truck driver. So I have to deal with the FMCSA regulations. One of the biggest arguments everybody has in trucking is when you go through orientation of any company, what do they hand you? The green book of FMCSA regulations because it's federal regulation because of commerce. But the dispute is the states, they like to write tickets because you know they got to make money. And I'm thinking, what's the higher authority? In my opinion, the FMCSA regulations are. And the states are going above and beyond writing tickets for some things that are not even something that's ticketable. You see what I'm saying? And I thought about seeing about filing a suit for violations of the Commerce Clause because the states are doing things outside their gambit of authority. And some people I've talked to that's in law enforcement. They agree. Uh, but I had an attorney yesterday said No. The Constitution says that Congress can regulate commerce, but it doesn't say exclusively.
3: Well, it can't. It can only regulate like, interstate commerce. So, yeah. But what happened was, what were that? When you read the case law on it, see, I read the cases. The law, yeah. what Congress has done first of all, what's not being stated is this: U.S. citizen. All right, that's number one. True. Okay. Everybody's a U.S. citizen. Everybody's using Federal Reserve notes. There's so much stuff that goes unstated. As to how they obtain jurisdiction, that's the key. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, how are they obtaining jurisdiction? They don't make it all clear in the uh, case law. What the judges will keep referring to is the Commerce Clause. They will. Con- cons- well, I tell everybody the Commerce Clause has created more litigation in the federal courts than any other clause in the Constitution. Article well, One, Section Eight my goal, hmm.
8: What my goal in this is is I would like to more normalize the regulations between the states and the feds to get rid of a lot of confusion and a lot of hassle that drivers have to go through.
3: Believe it or not, Clarence Thomas, somebody gave me a paper um, that Clarence Com- Thomas, he wrote where he's kind of suggesting that he's like, you know, we need to define these lines more because he, because that's what he was saying. He's saying, look, y'all ain't telling people, y'all not clearly defining the lines of federal jurisdiction they keep it intentionally blurry all right and that's when he wrote that's why i said damn clarence thomas you know i i gotta tell you my opinion on clarence thomas i read that i gotta find that somebody sent it to me and i was reading it clarence, that's what clarence thomas was talking about supreme court justice You're talking about okay. everybody's talking about this i read a lot of um uh, law reviews from harvard and yale and different places like that, they all talking about the same thing. When they talk about it, though, they don't talk about it in terms of um, it's almost like everybody knows that they bet not say the wrong thing in their public papers. You could tell that yeah. all of them then been given, you know, like look, you can't, you can't, but they will give you just enough where you can see what they're talking about. You can see what they're talking oh, about. Yeah. All of them are They say, well, how is this? Um, you know, because they say, well, how are the federal court, how are Article One courts obtaining jurisdiction? You know, they have they be have these discussions too. How the federal government? You know, that's one thing they won't tell you. They won't clearly define the court system for you. Article One and Article Three. That's why I keep stressing everybody. money to, if they
8: did that.
3: Yeah, that's why I keep stressing everybody to learn separation of powers because they don't have to tell you if you understand separation of powers. It shouldn't have to be told to you But they won't clearly say it And that's what Clarence Thomas was saying Y'all need to clearly say this So people can understand The the distinction And jurisdiction between article one And article three
8: My dad he had a conversation With a paralegal the other day right She knew all about The birth certificate the social The manufacturer's certificate Of origin the passport She knew it all (laughs) And he said, "Wait a minute. They teach you this in law school?" She said, "In a, they don't teach it in all schools, but the last quarter in our school they did." And she said, "The passport is just a taxation between corporations. It's how they define the lines, and it's it governs taxations between the corporations. That's all it does."
3: I think it also. I think what it does too is um, when you travel to another country all of the, all the countries now are involved in commerce. They all fall under the same laws. And you have to be, you have to be bonded to go into another country. Okay. In other words, you know, when you look at like when you come to this country, when you take that oath, that oath is a bond. How I found this out is um, I was, um, when I was down in Miami, remember I told everybody they gave me a, a mental evaluation and sent me down to Miami. When I was down there in Miami, I was doing a lot of legal work for people in there. And what I was seeing was a lot of, uh, in Miami prison and, federal, and the federal prison down there, you get a lot of foreigners who were coming from out of the country getting locked up. And, um, you know, like I had one person in particular, um, you know, he was on a cruise ship. And I learned a lot from that particular case and so forth. He wasn't even an American citizen. They weren't in American waters or nothing. They eventually had to let him go, but they, they kept him for about eight months. But what I notice is that a lot of foreigners they'll come in when you come into the country. There is a document you got to sign with Homeland Security, and it has a OMB number on it, and it's saying you you uh, they ask you how much money you coming in, what kind of business you doing here, you know, just ask you why basically whole list of questions why the hell are you over here in the United States. Well, when they um oh he got dropped when they uh when they arrest you, that is put in your case file because that's a bond you've got to know that your word is your bond. When you sign an affidavit or you are, are promised to do something or something like that, that's a bond. And it has value attached to it. It has value attached to it. People need to understand this. They ask you, do you want to talk uh, talk to your consulate? And then they'll tell them, like I had some guys, as he called back in, I got you back in. I had some guys um, who, um, You know, I was listening that when they arrest them, they ask them a series of questions. One of the first questions they ask them is, "Do you want to talk to your consulate?" The consulate is responsible for the commercial affairs of their citizens in foreign countries, and they'll just tell them, "Check no." So they be in there, you know, all these guys and check no. They want to talk to their consulate. They use I said, "Why did you check no?" He said, "Well, the officer told me just check no." Yeah, that that, they don't
8: they don't want to you know in this stuff if you say. You check yes, it'll change the way the game's played. And then, sorry, he, and then be- the consulate will have to get involved in the case.
3: And that is what the consulate is responsible That's what I'm saying that, like, when you got that passport, you get a passport through your birth certificate. Your birth certificate is a bond. That's why we're doing the same thing with the birth certificate with the secure party process. you It's a bonding process because they got what's called a public charge doctrine. When you come into another country, you got to be if you go in that country and commit a crime you got to be bonded I feel like the passport is your bond that lets you know you're insured when you go over into another country
8: did you look at that did you see that document I sent you of that birth certificate a guy made up and how he did it
3: I ain't looked at it yet I'll look at it though I'll look at it make sure I look at it I'll look at it today
8: that right yeah, that that right there is completely a common law birth certificate. He don't do the measurements of the baby at the way the state does or anything. He does it in stones. He does it weights, the, like the of hands. He uh, does all of that. It's like
0: in my
3: opinion, in my can, opinion. They used to have what's called travel documents. I think before the passport, you had what was called travel documents. You know, that's all you put in together. You know, it's like the birth certificate is key to everything. That's why you can travel with your birth certificate. You should be able to uh, travel with your birth certificate and an affidavit of identity. That, to me, that should be all you need to travel with. Some sort of picture ID and a birth certificate. Because you're private, especially if you're private. Because I've already read the treaties on it, they already said that the, i I got law reviews where these these uh, professors saying that passports are unconstitutional because you should have the right to travel because you got a right to travel. are you going with, but the argument is because of uh national security, but really it's unconstitutional forcing someone to have well, a passport, yeah, forcing somebody to have a passport,
8: I can see that, but the person does need some kind of identification. But well, that's know what i that saying. You should
3: be able saying. You should be able to put together an affidavit identity, authenticate it with the State Department, and have your birth certificate, and to prove that you are a citizen of this country, and that should be enough to travel with. It should have the same force and effect as a passport.
8: I now I do not disagree with that. Now, that birth certificate that I sent you, I was looking at it, and the way it's titled, I said, you know what? You can actually use that for all your property. You can use that exact thing to claim ownership of anything you have. Your car,
0: just title it as a consumer good. Hello?
3: Hello? You went out. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You went out. Still can't hear you I right, hold on I'm going to put you on pause I'm going to take another call and I'm going to come back to you Because I can't hear you hey. 443 4515 hey. hey What's going on
7: What's going on brother that's happening. Yeah, um not much man. I, I I was touching on that uh I wanted to touch on that subject that you guys were talking about with the, um, with the uh the truck building the community trust yeah um i was I was in the uh truck class yesterday, and I you know I kind of asked a question about it, but you know there was a lot going on, so I guess it got overlooked but um, what do you believe it would take? trust to come together as a, you know, community and kind of build a trust, have some schools together, you know, for the kids and everything. And, uh, you know, just, just just kind of do our own thing outside of the United States. I
3: don't know, man. You know, it's like our people, man, they – I mean, that's a that's an excellent question. But, you know, it's like you're asking a question that every probably leader that is trying to do anything for our people asks that same question. You know, it's like – number one problem you got with our people is unity that's one of the number one things that I mean, we have we have issue with we so we so uh splintered we splintered in re- religion we're splintered economically we're splitted we're splintered uh politically we there's so many divisions uh within our community that's a very difficult question to ask and you know i think that um it would come it would it would have to come to a point Kind of like how the Jews are. You know, like I said, I always look at the Jews. I study them. They don't get along, you know, they argue and have fights in, amongst themselves. But one thing they all got an agreement on is money. They understand that, hey, they, they got, you got to form this. Um, Okay. Okay. First of all, what is good for the welfare of the all? Put aside your differences and everything like this. What is the best thing for all of us? And the thing you come together on is that economically, OK, it's like economically, no matter what our beliefs are and everything, this thing right here is affecting all of us. Because one thing I tell people, when I go in federal prison, I see Hebrew Israelites, I see Moors, I see Nation of Islam, I see Christians. I, I'm going to tell you one people I didn't see in there, OK, I didn't see a lot of Jews in federal prison. Didn't see that. Right. That's the only group I didn't see. Oh yeah, I saw
0: hillbillies,
3: I saw uh, uh, drug boys, I saw every everybody out on the street that got some ideology, right? They own ideology. You go in federal prison, they got all their ass locked up, and they all treat, being treated exactly the same way.
7: Yeah, I, I which, actually which got let... a couple of uh, Jews that I'm I'm, I'm kind of friends with. You know, I had a, my ex business partner was a Jew. Uh, he's a lawyer, you know what I mean? And I got another one. That, he's a real good customer of mine. And you know what I mean? He, I was kind of talking to him about, about establishing the trust and asking questions about, um, you know, Secure Party credit and stuff, and he knew exactly what I was talking about.
3: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they, they, the they already established this from birth. They're the ones that created the system. Right. All the Secure Party stuff, creditor stuff, they created it. They created all of it. They're the, they the creators of it. Right. <laughs> They're the creators of it. Who you think established the Federal Reserve? You know, House Joint Resolution 192, the IRS, all this stuff that we have. Who do you think put all that in place? Yeah, it was definitely the Jews. Like I said, yeah, I, got, you know. I met a guy in Pennsylvania. He, uh, he showed me his UCC one. He had filed his UCC one in the 1960s. I said, man, how you learn about this in the 1960s? He said, a Jew told me. A Jew, a Jew taught, it. Taught, taught it all to me. He said, Jew taught it. And that's what? why I say I study. I don't be mad at them. I study them. I say, man, let me study these people. I'll be on their websites oh, yeah. and everything. And, and you'll be surprised at how transparent they are, too. They're transparent about a yeah. lot of things. They're very transparent. Yeah, I- about a lot like of I said, stuff.
7: When I, when, I, when I talked to him, you know, I, mean, I was kind of surprised that he knew exactly what I was talking about because to most people it was foreign, but you know, to him he was like, oh, okay, so you want to kind of put a, uh, you kind of want to protect yourself with the security party credit thing. He was pretty much saying you want to, you want to put protection so nobody else can take you. You know what I mean? That's what, that's to what that attorney
3: told you me. Know. That attorney told me first time I got involved in this, and I told him what I was doing. He said, oh, you want to protect yourself. He said, "You're just trying to protect yourself." And he told me, "He said, look, let me tell you something. You can say we can deal with ones like you. It's the angry ones we can't deal with.' Explain it to me. Right? This is why do y'all think I keep doing? It? I man, no matter who come up against me and try to say I'm lying to y'all, or I keep right on going because I'm like, man, look, man, I didn't talk to people. I didn't talk to people. They told me, yeah, you know, but I also understand it's like, look, they ain't, this ain't for everybody, so." you know that's why it has to be an education process in it and that's why I don't I don't get when people be looking for quick remedies it's like look this is a lifestyle It's something you have to learn yeah. it's something that has to become a yeah. part of you it ain't something that i just need to pay off my student loans okay well you can go right. somewhere else and do that all right you can go somewhere else and do it cuz you know it's like that's all you want to do you know you got, as soon as you get through with that you're going to be through so the thing is it's like that's not what it's built for that's why you see so many people failing cuz they They'll learn the reason there's so much case law and so much videos on YouTube because it's all people looking for quick remedies. They got in trouble. They heard about this because usually people only hear about it when they get in trouble. All right. So they, they're in the middle of a right. case. Case ain't going too well. They heard about a secure party. Now they're coming over here and say, Can I get out of this case? And I'm like, Right. I mean, you want me to condense like, three year like I already know it's gonna take you about three years to understand all of this, but you got a case going on in the next eight months and somehow, some way you think you're gonna learn enough or get enough information to help you out in that situation in that short period of time. And I just don't see it. You know, I am not really yeah, seeing it. You know, that's, that's I know you don't have any other options and you gotta study it. So I'll teach it to you, but I'm not gonna say your dream and make you think that Hey, this is going to, this is going to work. You know, so they'll say, I don't work out. You where the remedy at, you know, where's the remedy? The remedy is in you having a firm understanding of this. Once you get an understanding of it, you ain't got to ask too many questions about anything. You understand what you're doing when you get to that point. And that's the point you got to get to. So, you know, it's like, I've been, I got a hundred something shows talking about all of this. It ain't like I've tried to hide anything from anyone, but that's what it is. It's like, you got to learn it. And uh, know what it's talking about, but it's true. If there's a question, if it's true, if it's not true, I can 100% say it's true. Even though you gonna have a whole bunch of people out there try to tell you it's crazy, all sovereign citizen, and all that. That's because it's in the public. But in the private, you are gonna get something else. Somebody else gonna you gonna be people gonna tell you something different.
7: Oh yeah, yeah. I honestly, it, it, everything you said is right on par, man. I, I've been when I first got introduced to this stuff, it was about four or five years ago. And, you know what I mean, I was, I was in a situation where, you know what I mean, once I first started learning it, I was kind of like, you know what I mean, forget them, man, f that system. I ain't, I ain't paying no tickets. I ain't, you know what I mean, I ain't paying this, I ain't doing that. And I kind of let myself get into a, a, a bad spot, you know what I mean, instead of agreeing with my enemy, you know, I went against them. Went in court, you know what I mean, fussing and yelling and fighting, and, and it was, you know, it was detrimental to me. But once I started realizing and learning that when you go in there and you and you speak to them and agree and, and kinda you on a level, you level yourself, you know what I mean, as a man, then I ain't got no choice but to bow down. I actually had a, a judge, you know what I mean, I was once I learned that, you know what I mean, it was about trust and everything, you know what I mean, I, I kinda I kinda tripped him into a question where I asked the clerk this year, appoint him as the trustee. He said, Clerk, you don't gotta answer that. And then I said, Well, you are the trustee, aren't you? He said, Well, yeah, but uh uh and he kinda stumbled. You know what I mean? He admitted to being a trustee, and then after that, you know I me, mean? everything else kinda went a little different way.
3: Yeah. You know <laughs> and that, he, it, and it, that's it, crazy. And probably what happened to you after that, you like, man, I cannot believe that it's like, man, that's real. That's when you was like, Man, it really is You're amazed. Yeah, I, was,
7: I was like, This is a I can't believe this game that they really played. Like it it, it, it was crazy. <laughs>
3: And and the first time to me it had you know because when I was reading the first document I read was creditors and their bonds, so when you're reading it you can see man wow this is this makes sense, but there's still this little doubt in your mind like is this true, and then once you confirm it for yourself because your first time your first time you are gonna mess up you know because you don't know everything oh yeah you know you don't, you know like I didn't know what a holder new course was I didn't have a firm un- understand my old boy called me and said man just go into court and say you're the holder new course. I was like, just going across it, man. I'm not yeah. just gonna say I'm gonna hold a new course. I don't even know what that means, you know. He's like, I, I didn't know what it means. Serious. You know, she I know what it means it now, but I didn't know, I didn't know what it meant, you know. But I went in court and said it. I went and said everything, and then I saw every everybody was like acting, you know. Everybody, everything just right. froze, you know. Everything froze, you know. And uh, and I'm like, so that's what lets you know. You don't know what you just said. You really don't have a deep understanding of what you did, but you know you did something. It's like, man, I just exactly. did something. I don't, you know, everybody it's looking at me crazy. That's
7: like, that, that yeah. Up.
3: Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, so now you know you're on to something. It's like, oh, shoot. You know, it's like, man, this thing is real. And they start treating you. Right. It's like how people start treating you differently. Like, I got to start getting treated differently. Special treatment. Um, they kept me separated from people. They started separating me from other people, and there's all kind of stuff. You know, it was like, you know, just that stuff just changed. And all, all I said was, yeah, hey, look, I'm the holder of the court. I'm here just to discharge this matter. You know, I didn't say nothing threatening to the court. I didn't, you know, right. try to argue with anyone or, you no, know, just do nothing. But all of a sudden, everything just changed. And you know, it just yes, changed, you understood. know.
7: <laughs> they understood it where changed. the power was coming from now, that you under, that you knew your power.
3: Exactly. They, they, they and you see. know and it's like I had a friend, he was a son of a uh, of a sheriff. And um one of the documents that he was very, very interested in, he was a very, very intelligent guy. And uh he was really interested in um that abatement of common law by Don Quixote. He was just reading it. And we were just having a discussion and he was talking to his father. And, uh, you know, one thing that he always said and always remembered, he said, why do you think, he said, do you think they will come out and just admit this to you? You say, you now." what he said to me, he said, you think they are going to admit publicly that they got people in slavery? Right. Because acknowledging, acknowledging all of this, that's what they would be admitting. He right. said, of course, they're not, they're going to deny it. To acknowledge any of this would be to acknowledging that you got everybody in slavery, right? And once you understand mm-hmm. that, stand the pushback why they're not acknowledging it and everything. Because to acknowledge it means hey, are y'all slaves. So Howard Freeman said it, and the UCC connection. That UCC connection had a big impact on me too. Howard Freeman is a beast. I try to tell you, he did some good research. He did some real good research. Howard Freeman was a very now intelligent I gotta,
7: guy. I got to write that down. UCC connection by Howard Freeman? Howard Is Freeman, yeah. Website? I got,
3: did a video on it on YouTube. I did a video on I, it. I, it, might, on I, it I, I, might, I might have seen yeah. it there. I might have seen it I watched
7: I did pretty it. much all Yeah, you and videos. That's
3: why I did a video on it, because it had such an impact on me, because he was explaining the Erie vs. Railroad, what happened in 1938, um, why they can't acknowledge things in court. You know, he's explaining a lot of things and it just made sense to me because, and then especially after you talk to people and they acknowledge, and like the first time I did a letter of rogatory, I wish I still had that I kept that letter for years. I just misplaced it, but it was an attorney. When I sent him that letter of rogatory, he wrote me back. And I think what it was is that at first he thought I was like, you know, cause this is what it is. They got, there's people out there that know this so well that they just give them what they want. And I think at first he thought I was one of those people. And because um, he wrote me a letter, like, praising me, like, wow, how'd you learn this? He said, I, I really have to give you credit what? you know, and all of this. And I was shocked to get the letter. I actually had a letter stating this. I actually had what? the evidence in my hand. And I kept it for a long time. But later on, I think they figured out, and he figured out, like, this guy just learning all this stuff. He's just learning all of this. Yeah. He don't really know what he's doing.
7: Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's the more, the, the further along you are, the more you see that you ain't know nothing in the beginning. Like, it's, you thought you knew exactly. something, and then it changed.
0: And it's like exactly. every time,
7: that's why, like me personally, I got a I got a lot of situations, you know what I mean, that I need to deal with, but I, I want to be falling in knowledge before I deal with them. I can't just jump out there and then, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm looking like a fool because I halfway know it. So I've been, I've been studying, you know what I mean, listening to you. Um, there was some other people I listened to that kind of led me towards you, and I'm and I'm you know what I mean grateful that they led me to your path because they weren't really telling me nothing, they wasn't giving me what I needed. Coming into you with the SBC University and everything, man, that's that's you put everything out there for everybody just to study, you know. That's all you gotta do is study.
3: You, you gotta study, and 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 what happens is, um, you know, it's like over time, you know, you get to a point where you become comfortable. Like if you're in court. You know, you just know what to say. It, you don't even have to depend. Yeah. So, like, your, your, first, your first thing you, you, you do is you memorize what to say. Why I tell people what? to memorize what to say is because that eventually morphs into a natural dialogue. You start off what? memorizing certain things to say, like, I'm the holder of the new courses, a third party intervener, making a special appearance. I, you just memorize that. You might not know what everything is saying. But when you get to the point right. where you understand what you're saying, uh, it morphs into a natural conversation that you could have in there. Natural responses right, you and can everything. Up yeah, you just instinctively know how to uh, respond to something with a question. You know what I'm saying? It just it just morphs yeah. into that because you're understanding that God's so high now in what you're doing and what you're saying that you understand what their intent is. Okay, their intent, I know right now that you're going to do whatever you can to get me into some sort of contract, all right? And once yep. you understand that everything, like when you're in court, one of the things you have to understand in court is nothing the judge says is without purpose. Mhm. So you always on your even, guard, and you're alert. You're listening to everything.
7: When they ask you, "Do you understand?"
3: Yeah. If nothing that is being said to you is without purpose,
7: what?
3: Everything being said to you has a purpose. Once you understand that, now you're on alert. You won't relax because see a lot of these guys relax and get comfortable, start just engaging the judge into a conversation and then wondering why they get jammed up. It's like, nah, everything from the, from the time you step in that door and you start getting engaged in a conversation, especially if you're on the record, everything has purpose. Yep, they gotta well, they highly trained. It, it all
0: time. You got to respect. It's, you gotta it's like a respect. battle
3: you also got to respect them um, in the level of knowledge and expertise that they have. It's like judges are, they trained in psychology. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a psychological thing. They are trained also in esoteric sciences. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of other things going on too. That like one of the things why you see me put so much esoteric PDFs out is you got to start training yourself in that too. You got to know oh, yeah. some esoteric sciences too. You know, you just can't just know, you know, it's a lot of different things you have to, oh, you got to, you got to understand that you've been dumbed down, that they looking at you like at the bottom of the barrel of society, that you, you ain't serving no purpose whatsoever as just only thing to do is just as a slave or something like that. So you just insignificant. And they let you notice when you watch shows like Star Trek, like, you know, I'm like looking at the new Star Trek. Okay, the whole crew, everybody is highly intelligent on the whole damn crew. Mm-hmm. Everybody been highly trained and highly educated Okay you don't fall into that category So what are they there for you So you know, you see what I'm saying So you start paying attention to things You start paying attention to things And you know you start seeing like Okay you know I see you know it's like I haven't been educated To a certain level So you got to fall in love with educating yourself You got to self educate yourself You got to make that your first priority Knowledge, knowledge, man. Knowledge is everything. Knowledge is everything. Is, you man. know what I'm saying? You can't just be passive. Knowledge is
7: power.
3: It's power. If you want to empower yourself, you gotta increase your knowledge. And you know, and and not everybody does that because everybody's like they involved in the mundane things and that's just not their thing. They're not interested in that. They're more interested in just surviving or pleasure. That's another thing. You know, you mm-hmm. can't become too you can't become too overly involved with pleasure. Right. pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. How can I have a good time? How can I have fun? Fun, 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 fun. Pleasure, 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 pleasure. pleasure, pleasure. You know, it, life don't work yeah. like that.
7: That's all that's distractions put there to keep you away from the real knowledge. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't understand that. I had to, you know, kind of start understanding that myself because there was a lot of things that I was doing that kept me away from, you know what I mean, my studies and other things. And it was all about pleasure. But once, once you get down into the studies, you start to see that all that stuff is keeping you away from the truth. You know what I'm saying? Yep. All that stuff is dumbing you down. It's, it's pulling you back. It's, messing it's with dumbing energy, you down. You, know? you got to
3: see, you got to, you know, these people, man, they're on a level that, you know, it's like this This chick told me one time. She said, she told me that she was dating someone from the Illuminati. And, um, hmm. yeah, he was in the Illuminati. And she uh, she told me, she said, uh, she said, he told me, he said, look, when we pass laws and do stuff, he said, we're not even thinking about y'all. Y'all not even a consideration when we're doing all the stuff we're doing. That's what he said. He said, we're all not even in our mind when we do the stuff we're doing. And that's what another thing I don't think think we realize people out there fighting for equality and all of that. You need to build up, you know, when you look at what they did establishing colleges and universities who established these universities, who established these colleges, they were all established for their purpose, their purpose to help their industry. Okay, well, you need to go out and do the same thing. You need to set up colleges and universities for your purpose.
0: You see what I'm saying? Right. You and need That's, to have...
7: that's, that's one go of my ahead. visions. That's why I actually got in the beginning because that's, that's a vision I got in mind of. Somehow we acquire some land and we teach our kids from birth, you know what I mean, everything that you discuss on your show and, and more, you know, just pretty much giving them their true awareness of the truth and how to truly operate in the world.
3: And that requires that's, a private right. education. You know, you're giving people the re- – you know, that's what Rabbi Finkelstein said. He said, we don't send our kids to uh, uh, to uh, public schools. We put them in our schools and teach them the real education. Go listen to the – man, Rabbi Finkelstein, man, what was said in that one-hour audio, man, I don't think people really understood how important that audio is, um, what's being said in there. People – almost every point of everything that's happening in society was addressed in that audio. And you can just really hear it, you know? You know, it's like, they not hiding the fact, you know, like you look over in Israel, they got videos on YouTube, where these rabbis are saying, they say, look, the goyim are our slaves. They say it. They say it, they say, look, you know, we are the chosen people. And, you know, it's a point where all the goyim, we're going to live in paradise and all the goyim are gonna be our slaves. They work for us. That's what they were, that's what they was created for, to be our slaves. Now, somebody might take issue of that, but it's almost come to a point where, well, how can you debate them on that point? They control the banking. They control the media, the music, um, the court system. Okay, well, they got everything on lock. Well, who's going to debate with them? Okay? But now I got to understand, well, how did that happen? Well, number one is because you're not concerned which your race? Like for instance they pump pornography And homosexuality And you know you got this liberal agenda All these Jews are on it But in their homeland they don't pump none of that They don't pump none of the stuff That is being pumped over here We over here arguing about the left and the right You don't see that going on in Israel
7: yeah, They they keep their minds clean You know what I mean That's what it's about they, they, they Having a clean mind Then everything else falls in line
3: that's who we should be modeling ourselves after. That's who we should be looking at. You should yeah. be studying. That's how they study you. You need to study them. Study them.
0: That's true. That's right. All right, brother. I got I I to got take more another thing. call. Um,
7: okay. I just want to say I appreciate you, man. Um, if you need, you know what I mean, some soldiers on the front line to come help you start everything up, brother, I'm right here You know what I'm saying, you can, uh, you can catch me in the trust webinar, my name is Michael Lucas and, um, All right,
3: know. I appreciate it, brother, I appreciate you, I will I will do I'm just that I'm thinking about having, like, doing a live face-to-face seminar So everybody can meet everybody face-to-face, you know, I like to meet people face-to-face And then okay. maybe we can sit down and hash some things out, okay?
7: All right, I'm with it, I appreciate it
3: uh- all right, brother. All right, all right. All right Go to my fi- my final call. Go over here. Four one two fifteen sixty eight Pennsylvania. Hey, how you
7: doing?
3: Hey, what's happening? Perfect. You tell black.
6: me something good, man. Every time I come in here, man, you you got some really good stuff, man. But I, you know my I, I wanted to ask you when you spoke about the letter of rogatory. Is there any sort of, like, case law on a letter of rogatory? I mean, no, I hear— No, it's
3: private. It's private. Okay. It's a contract. It's private. You know, it's private. It's, okay. it's a private communication between you and your attorney. You're giving them instructions. You know, you got to think about it. It's your life. It's your case. You know, you're supposed to be telling them what to do. But well, they'll come in, they'll say, well, you know, he's not—he's asked me to do something that it goes against. Um, they usually all say the same thing. And then they'll appoint him as standby counsel. The thing about it is the reason why you're doing it is he's either going to do what you tell him to do, or he's going to be in dishonor. And it's a, mm-hmm. the, the whole reason you're doing that is because of the principle of staying in honor at all costs. All right. That's one mm-hmm. of the rules. You can't, if you go into dishonor, then you're going to lose. So you stay in honor by accepting him, giving him instructions. And then if he goes into dishonor, you document his dishonor, and then you can take over the case. But just firing the uh, public defender off the rip is a dishonor. That's why I gave people the four rules. You know, you got public and private don't mix, there is no money. Uh, Stay in honor at all costs and do not participate in public controversy. Don't argue in court. So, those rules and everything to this game and everything, the purpose of that is to stay in honor. That goes up, that falls under the heading of staying in honor at all costs. All right. It's a dishonor to just fire your attorney. It is, it's a it's a dishonor to cuss out your attorney. It's a dishonor to cuss out the prosecutor. It's, just, it's a dishonor to cuss out the judge. Those are dishonorable things. So one of the things in this also that a lot of people who are unsuccessful is that they do not focus enough on that one principle, staying in honor at all costs. They don't understand what it means to stay in honor. Mm-hmm.
6: Well, what I wanted to ask you, as far as when you said stay in honor, are you using any – uh, the articles in the UCC because you know the UCC. I'm not using about, none of you know,
3: these, oh, I'm not I'm using the articles in nothing because I'm a private person. Everything I do is based off contracts. I'm not using no code okay. sections out of no nothing. I it's based b- contract makes the law. What right, you're doing with your turn, if, that's a contract.
6: I'm, I'm, okay, so what I what I wanted to ask you, see, you say you do it one way, and I heard Gene Keaton says he does his lot of rogatories he writes them himself, but then I heard you say you go to the um, public defender's office. You do it that way. You let your public defender present your um, your presentment. So that's why I was asking. Well, like, I mean, like, you know,
3: you got to think like this: if you got appointed a public defender, you can't file no paperwork. Y'all don't know that. When you got a, when you got a okay. representation, you can't file nothing into the I don't case. I know that. I'm just okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> so if I got a public defender. I'm going to do a letter of rogatory and it's a letter of instruction to my attorney, I got to give it to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you All only right, appointed but, uh, something from the public defender's office. When you go get retained counsel, that's you going outside, going and paying for an attorney. I'm talking about mm-hmm. when you get appointed a public defender. You get appointed a public defender, mm-hmm. that's coming from the court. That's not coming from nowhere else but the court. Okay, that's coming yeah, I'm from the that. public defender's I
0: mean,
6: office. I mean, <laughs> well, let me... What's 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 the best document for me to read? You on the uh, letter Robot? I have seen some like on the uh, Freedom School. Or what bonds.
3: is the best document? Huh? It's only two. It's only two out there that I know of: creditors and their bonds, and using the attorney as a mm-hmm. private international lawyer. There's only two documents, and I did videos on using the attorney as a private international lawyer. I got that on YouTube, and I'm up, I've been telling you to okay. read creditors and their bonds since damn six years ago. How long have I been mm-hmm. telling you to read creditors and their bonds? <laughs> How long? Tell the truth. Tell everybody how long, uh, practice, you, you how, long? <laughs> how long I've
6: been saying that. Clerk's practice, creditors are bonds. You always said, how long?
3: How long I've been saying
6: Since you've been on the air.
3: Since right. you've been on the air. Are those, okay. are
6: those like two of the best documents that you've you read? Are you talking about
3: paper? I feel like creditors and bonds the best document of this day. I ain't seen nothing trumpet yet.
6: Okay. All right. Well, listen, I don't want too much. I didn't want too much. I know you leave it, too. I just wanted to uh, get some sort of clarification on that so, you know, I can do some reading and stuff. So that'll be my homework for this weekend.
3: All right, bro. All right. All right. Please. Always a pleasure. All right. Okay, y'all, that's it for me today. Hopefully, y'all got something from this edition. I will be back on tomorrow for Open Farm Friday. I'll open up the mic at 11 o'clock so we can get to it get straight to it make sure you go over to com, sign up for some of the classes also you know we'll be doing the trust class tonight if you're a member get your little memberships you can go to all the classes and everything they're holding online you know you get your little 25 five dollar membership Go over there and get you one you know Also, I got any other announcements? I don't think I got no more announcements other than that. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening today. I want y'all to have a good day, and I will be back on tomorrow uh, around this same time, same bad time, same bad channel, okay? I want to say peace to all the gods and goddesses, and y'all have a very wonderful afternoon. You're you're listening to Yusuf L
4: On the baddest radio network
0: on the planet High frequency radio
4: They say it's easier to kill than to try to control millions. National debt sits in the trillions. And there's a plot to steal the birthright of the children of Israel, the real ones. Plans to hide every revolutionary's relevance. Triggered by the FBI's
0: counterintelligence. Jailed unjustly by his director, the
4: aggressor, J. Edgar Hoover, the racist cross-tripper, his orchestration of hatred-laced investigations, the infiltration of civil rights organizations, assassination, character defamation through media, even today used in deceiving and misleading you believing the well-motivated lies they're feeding ya. Corporate America feeds get greedier and greedier. No cons hate the poor, they spent years denouncing them. The poor built this country, but nobody's looking out for them. You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you. Left side, right side, over you and under you. You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you. Right side, left side, over you and under you. You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you. Left side, right side, over you and under you. You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you. Right side, left side. Propaganda and TV nonsense keep people unconscious. Pompous governments keep sponsoring bomb hits. Honesty is far gone. The land is a war zone. Your family and your children consuming animal hormones. Nothing is organic. Nearly everything will is gone. Fast food places in the great meat with silicone. Every day we pay for it. Now the whole nation sick. Addictive and money-driven drugs are what the patients get. Any natural remedy, the FDA sanctions it cause they don't want the cure, they want the money that they make from it. The USA's a corporation, wealth is the emphasis. Prison industrial complex, slave businesses. Stock market interests The reason that they build them in advance is because they know eventually they're going to fill them. Orchestrated a system to incarcerate your children and project future inmates based on that to make millions. You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you. Left side, right side. Right there in front of you, right? Never taught by the enemy and it won't
0: be The real power is always The entity you don't see Subconsciously, planted in your head is where it wants to be Thousands of media powers owned by three companies 85% of the whole Planet in darkness Spend millions on sports teams while the homeless Are starving, nobody wants to protest Rally a picket But it's a line around the corner for them concert tickets Soldiers dying every day You keep sending them out I want to send 5,000
4: killers the house. The Rockefellers and the Bush family in the same box, G. Henry Ford, all of them supported the Nazis. Members of the Tea Party still telling black jokes. You wearing the clothes, but the designer hates black folks. Reporters want to get dirt. Sound bites and excerpts. CNN must mean corrupt news network. Lost every dime you had, riding with the wrong stock. Made in USA is dead. China got it all lot Lost your 401k and all the paper you was holding, cause you invested in something somebody else was controlling, they make it go up or down, rise high, fall deep, the markets manipulated by people on Wall Street, talk about the Middle East like America's errorless, university campus and movie theater terrorists, true devil is temperament, the government is infamous, ask them what they do to Guantanamo Bay prisoners, they dominate the airwaves and lie to the listeners, presenting false information intended to condition us, Black man thinking that slavery is the evidence. Most don't understand what the Willie Lynch letter meant. Centuries of self-hating divisions of blacks. Now they twist the difference between racism and fact. We read the Declaration of Independence with blindness. There were nine Freemasons among the 56 signers. In 1870, along came the Shriners. A higher order of Masonry with a secret behind them. The sword on the logo, it speaks for itself. Meaning anyone who the secret is put to death. Who is Hiram Abiff? What's his true identity? The devil's agenda be to kill us mentally continually. The wolf in sheep's clothing who fabricated divinity. The enemy who murders through lies, science and chemistry, trickery and industry for power they forever plot. You went to war to fight for a freedom that you never got. Dirty chess moves executed by the hidden hand. Now they plotting on a way to go to war with Iran. Same game used again. Same Wicked methods born, just like Paul Wolfowitz. said, Done before a desert storm. The government is broke, they can't cater to your needs. Planned parenthood, persuade to the kill your future you, seeds. The school system misleads. They money hungry, savage vultures. If you chase the grease, you better get you one in agriculture. Now it's questions in the music. Are you in that other mix? Why the hell you covering your eyes and throwing up the sticks? Did you give your soul away? A price that you cannot afford? Did you take from Satan what you could have got from the Lord, God is DNA, baffling it might seem, his existence is rooted in the number 19, his origin comes from where the mathematics say it's from, D the fourth letter, N is 14, and A is one, who prevailed in the end, the divine or the evil, this war that's going on is for the minds of the people, calamities keep increasing, world confusion bound and deepen. nobody can take control of their surroundings if they sleep in, don't see it but it's right there in front of you left side right side over you and under you you don't see it but it's right there in front of you right side left side over you and under you you don't see it but it's right there in front of you left side right side over you and under you you don't see it but it's right there in front of you right side left side over behind and under